Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 388, recorded on August 18th, 2022. On tonight's episode, we talk about Justin's return. Yay! A little bit of Nintendo news and your questions. Jesse, you know what to do. gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages welcome guess who's back sitting in the host seat man am i happy to be here of course i am your host with the most mr justin masson and on joining me today on this dumpster fire of a podcast two of the coolest guys around the internet that i have missed a great deal ladies and gentlemen joining me tonight the man behind the soundboard the man the myth the legend uh, that he is for pressing buttons, making us sound good. And of course, the Nintendo Dad's eight-year running employee of the year, Mr. Jesse Waldak. Jesse, how are you, sir? Uh, pretty good. Been uh, one of those normally busy weeks. and But I was able to get some gaming in this week this time. And uh, in addition, and I'll talk about it more, but I got my Japanese 3DS in and I did a mod on Ooh. it. And I have some games installed on it, so... And everything worked without any problems. Very nice. I am excited to hear about that. So, are, so, so, are we going to be? It's very, also for those of you that are not on the live show. That is, is that pink? Is that what that is? It is pink. Okay, because I was like, I'm not pink, not, on yes. the, pink on the front and back, and then white on the inside. Wow, wow. So, are you? So, are you now able to actually stream like DS games? Is that what you're doing here? No. It's, it's, it's no. not that type of mod. It's okay. a mod where I can backload games. I can uh, I can rip my cartridges and store them on the SD card so I can play them without the cart. That's awesome. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> awesome. Oh my gosh, look at this. We are hitting a hype train already. Hype right train. now in Twitch. Hype train is hit. Wow, thank you. I, I, I didn't think we ever did hype trains. How does that work? We just got we did before actually, because I have a hype train on my name from doing it from doing it before. There you go. Wow. Well, thank you to our Twitch our Twitch followers jumping in here. Uh man, it's good. That's a that's a nice way to start a show. Right? Good night, folks. That's it. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, it's great to be here. Uh, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, and if you're if you're watching us on Twitch. Who right now I would say is looking like they're, you know, maybe trying to do their best Justin Masson impression with glasses, red hats and uh, black ear cans. Of course, I'm lying. I'm more doing an impression of Mr. Timothy. Oh, how are you, Tim? I'm doing excellent. Happy to be here. Happy to have you back, Justin. And thank uh, you. And uh, missing Marty, of course, Mm. Uh, he's out partying too hard, of course. So, Mm. you know, we had to give him a break. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I'm having a blast. Just uh, I got a lot of tech around me to recently yeah. because of all the things that uh, something new I get to test out. A couple of new things I got to test out. One that we did a video on, and another one that I'll be I'll talk about later. But all these tech tech things, I love it. I love it. Mm, How you doing? Okay. Justin? Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, hey, yeah, thanks. It's you know, it has been. I think it's been just about two months since I've been on this show in official capacity, sitting with you folks, having a conversation about video games. It's been great. I just got back. For those of you that don't know, follow me on social media. I just got back from a two-week, two-week East Coast, East Coast Canada tour with my family. 
where we got to uh, go to all four provinces. We flew into uh, to Nova Scotia and we, we drove down through Nova Scotia, cross ferry to uh, New Brunswick, spent a couple of days in New Brunswick, uh, went up to PEI, Prince Edward Island, um, spent some great days there, had an amazing, kid you not, absolutely amazing, the best grilled cheese sandwich I've ever had in my life at a place called Moo Moo Grill or Moo Moo Grilled Cheese. And it was absolutely uh, incredible. Uh, no Quebec. No What's Quebec. I do apologize. I see I see the chat coming in here. Uh, Bruce saying, yeah, I apologize. Uh, yeah, very sad. Very. I said I have been to Quebec before, but uh, I, I was not there this time. Uh, spent a couple of days in PEI. Then we came across ferry back to Halifax. Spent a couple of days in Halifax. Then flew over to Newfoundland and spent three to four days in Newfoundland. Oh, there's four days in Newfoundland. Ladies and gentlemen, while I was there, we attended a concert. Let me tell you who was in this concert. First, Timber, who is a uh, singer local to Newfoundland. So I didn't really know his music. Next, say, that sounds very Canadian. Yeah, very, very Canadian. <laughs> Pretty sure his name was Timber. Next, ladies and gentlemen, the Gin Blossoms. All right. You guys should know the Gin Blossoms, I'm, right? That's something I've at least heard of. Yes. Yeah. You know, hey, jealousy. Right. Yes. All right. Yeah. And then we're going, and then we're going, we're going up one. Now, I, I, this is a very Canadian band. I'm going to check if you guys have heard Our Lady Peace. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And then okay. Our Lady Peace came out and played. Get out of here. You haven't That's heard awesome. Our Lady Peace? That's yeah. some 90s stuff. You got a 90s. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, right it's there. not done yet. It's not done yet. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it's 3 a.m. and I'm lonely. I'm going to push you around a little bit of real world, a little bit of long day. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite bands, my wife's absolute favorite band, Matchbox 20. Nice. There you go. Finished off the night and it was an absolutely fantastic uh, show. Fantastic time. Uh, but yeah, we're just getting back, kind of still feeling a little bit on the Newfoundland time, three and a half hours ahead of where I am locally. Uh, but it was absolutely, absolutely fantastic. And Frendo asked if Weird Al opened. Uh, get, you know what? I've seen Weird Al live and he's fantastic, right? It's absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Chad says hashtag jealousy. Love it. What year is it? Uh, 1996, <laughs> I think. Right. That is a that is a 1996 lineup. If I have ever heard of one. Heck yeah. Uh, and it was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. But man, I could talk about my vacation all, all day long as well. But that's why, not why we're here. Of course, we're here to talk about all the nerdy Nintendo news for the week. So we're going to run it down as part of the news. Timothy Elf, I like to throw awkward passes to people and segues. Who is our news brought to us by today? By patreon.com slash Nintendo Dads and all our Patreons there. Good. Excellent. You have done if that you well. threw it to me, I probably would have dropped that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, entering in. Woo-hoo. Ladies, I, I don't even, I, man, it could not have been better. Man, I'm excited to see this man. He is back. He is live with us now, coming in our fourth face. This is, ladies and gentlemen, a Nintendo Dad's reunion tour. Mr. (laughs) Marty Estes joining the call. Marty, how are you, sir? In the nick of time, right? In the nick of time. We were just about to transition to the news. I did not think I was going to be here tonight. It's it's uh, it's been a week, guys. It's been a week. (laughs) So. well, hopefully we can help get your mind off of things. No, and, I mean, uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. All's well that ends well, right? So yes. uh, it's been a good evening. Good, uh, it's been a good evening. I, I love a good redemption story. And so um, for those of you who have no clue what I'm talking about, about, uh, I guess it was two hours ago, I messaged these guys and I was like, 
Hey, I know I said I was going to be on this week, but uh, we're in family crisis mode right now. And I don't know. I really don't think I'm going to make it tonight. Uh, and here we are. So here we are. I'm excited hey, hey, because hey. you're here. Yeah. I'm excited. Justin's here. I'm excited. Everybody's here. Everybody's uh, here. But I also feel very inadequate because I'm not wearing glasses or a hat. Yeah. So <laughs> there, you there you go. Hey, uh, hey, hey, look, look at us. All right. Who would have thought? Look at us. Huh? Yeah, right? <laughs> Who would have? Who knows? Yeah. Nice. Hey, it's no, yeah, more- it says the four housemen of the Nintendo Apocalypse have arrived. Yeah. Also, I, I rarely I rarely say this, but I want to give Housemen. Jesse Waldack a round of applause. What because you know? if you're watching on the Twitch stream, he sets us up for three faces. All right. He's doing great. Marty pops in like a a boss, just a legend move. Jesse hits a button. It transitions to the four squares. Cheers to Jet. Round of applause to Jesse because that is none of us could have done that. Yeah, I can say that hero right now. Of the Nintendo Dads podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, say, do, do you know what's watching? Me. Then you work at Bucky's and you'd like to sponsor the show. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know what made me put face buttons on my display? Right. Uh, Justin popping in on his phone. Yes. Yes. <laughs> man i love yeah. the fact that my complete chaos and uh just spontaneity has caused us to create some long living process and procedures in your yes. in your hey, soundboard I, listen i am Look, uh, sounds like i'm HR's really sorry i'm really sorry you. that i, I kind of did the heads up thing like hey i'm coming in yeah I, but it's all good, wouldn't, i tonight. wouldn't have seen I it need anyway this show i need to hang out with you guys Montez says it only took 388 episodes. Right. I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Cause Marty, you and I've been chatting back backstage. I'm going to use the word backstage here. Cause we've been playing some games that we, we both want to chat been about playing some games. And I was like, I want to, I want to hear a conversation about this. So yeah. All right. Well, oh. I'm just, look, I'm just here tonight to just hang out. So uh, whoever's in the driver's seat, let it rip. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into us. Now, tonight's show is, of course, brought to us today by Manscaped, but we're going to talk about that later. All right. So let's jump into the news. Uh, Okay. so seriously, who pulls together these news headlines? This is what's been happening this week. That's me. And Uh, when when a lot hasn't been happening this week. Yeah, I'm like, man, these are not great things to jump off of. Uh, No, there's there's a ton of there's a ton of uh, news. Yeah, this this is uncomfortable. We'll start off the first one. Uh, A second. Second, number two, the, the number after one, but before three, second, number two, labor complaint and allegations of sexual harassment has Nintendo of America's president looking into current work conditions. Uh, Marty, you put this in our docket. What do you know about this? Yeah, so uh, there was a pretty, um, I guess, shady article from uh, Kotaku that came out, uh, I believe it was yesterday that accused Nintendo's uh, game testing arm or department of, quote, frat house style conditions for uh, Mm. females. This is an actual quote from uh, someone named Hannah. Uh, She said, Nintendo was almost like a nightmare. It's sad because I love Nintendo. I grew up with Nintendo. I was excited to join it when I first got there and thought I was going somewhere. I had my supervisors telling me I was doing such a good job. But by reporting the incident of sexual harassment, she had set off a chain of events that led her to quit her job testing Nintendo's games. 
So, uh, yeah, uh, not a good look. And as a result of that today, uh, MyNintendoNews.com reports that Nintendo's president, uh, Doug Bowser, is now taking a hand in investigating these uh, rumors. Uh, well, an allegation are not rumors, they're allegations. Let's let's yeah. call it what it is. I mean, you, you know, um, and, and this is not not a good look for the big in yeah. uh, right what, now. It's, so what I've heard from a like a different angle, she wasn't a Nintendo employee, but contracted through another group. Yes. And it wasn't Nintendo people doing the harassing. It was her own uh. group. So, yeah. It still affects Nintendo. Yeah, Bowser still needs to do this investigation to shake things up, boot that group if if required, and get a different group of contractors in. I don't know. But yeah, this... Kutaku is making it sound like it is 100% a Nintendo problem where it may not be. Well, just... Well, but yes, just it's a problem for Nintendo. I get that. Yeah, but yeah. It's, so it's some not of a, this comes... Go ahead. I'm sorry. But it doesn't sound like it's Nintendo staff doing it. Well, some of it comes from a group chat on Nintendo's Microsoft Teams server, uh, which is called the Laughing Zone. Well, uh, It's a group chat that was created there. And uh, one of the things that was talked about, uh, including uh, posted screenshot w- screenshots, was why Vaporeon was the best Pokemon to have sex with. Yeah, I, I agree. That's not... That's not cool in in a work environment. Yeah, again, so um, we don't know if that person was a Nintendo employee or yeah, and and that's the thing is a contractor. Are they contractors? I think another question to uh, because, to ask would be: Was this done in? Uh, was was this stuff handled in like an official Nintendo building? Uh, was it done? You know, as as I've read some that there were other. Nintendo employees who kind of brushed it under the rug, uh, which yeah, does I, implicate Nintendo in this, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, I th- you know, and, and so the, the debate of kind of this, this, this contractor, right. Uh, organization that supports Nintendo. Um, I think Nintendo still, I mean, cause I think it's very easy to say, Hey, was it Nintendo folk, right? It was this contractor group who's kind of being douchey. Right. But I do think that Nintendo holds a liability to that. Right. And a responsibility right. as that, the, as the, that, as the ultimate person holding that contract. Right. That's to kind set, of what I was trying to say. Yeah. yeah to set culture, <laughs> to set a process procedure, to have a standard, uh, know what's appropriate. And that those, 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 those rules Right would transition into the contracting agreement. Um, so I, I don't think you, we can just say like, "Hey, this is a contracting co- contractor and not Nintendo." Nintendo ultimately, as the person who's hiring this contractor as a sub as a sub company, has to be responsible for those actions. And I think that this is a, this is you know this is something that they have to investigate. They have to look into. Um, but also very much aligns. And I don't mean don't mean to be like, "Well, here here we go," but kind of like. Well, here we go. Like this is another, and, and we've talked about Activision Blizzard. We've talked about Sledgehammer Games. We've talked about this these these kind of unionization, these QA teams. This has been a massive, massive conversation for the last three to four years. Nintendo, for the most part, has been very like not. I don't use the word burnt by it, but they've been kind of like always above board, right? And even our conversations with Krista and Kit you, seem you very, expect, very above. You expect a family environment from a, fa- a company exactly. that positions itself as family entertainment. Yeah. And, and, but ultimately, um, 
people are idiots, right? <laughs> like and pe- people yes. are people by no nature are idiots. Here. And so you're going to do dumb things, but there has to be rep, um, um, there has to be an investigation. There has to be a change of cu- culture. There has to be consequences. Uh, if these if these indeed are true um, statements, right? Because I think it's I think it's it's allegations, but it has been um, what was a statement used earlier, um, Marty? Not rumors, allegations. Um, right? Allegations. They are they are um, allegations. Allegations. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, using yeah. my company and we also have used Teams, so our contractors use the same servers we do, and we have work chats in them. But anyone's able to set up a non-work chat for whatever purpose they want as well, and invite whoever they want. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if we have a haha area too. Yeah. I'm not invited to it. Well, I don't want here, to be invited. Here's the to deal, it. like. I, the way I the way I viewed this and reading about this is this is I, I work I've got a, a, a staff quote unquote of about thirty volunteers that I work very closely with thirty uh, teachers thirty uh, small group leaders things like that uh, and they do their own thing right like what goes on in their classroom their or or their room is that they're in charge of that right however that still falls under the umbrella of our work here mm-hmm. yeah still falls under the umbrella of our ministry so if one of those people does something that's inappropriate then that doesn't just reflect on them it reflects back on us and it it tarnishes that has a potential to tarnish uh the name of the entire organization now yes the difference or i won't say the difference or the the thing that we look at and i'm not saying this as a way to explain any of this away by any means but here's the the long and short of it what company is immune from this now yeah yeah i mean i'm not I mean, saying that it's right that that no. it's that every company has this but like like you were kind of saying justin i, th- I felt like nintendo was like the great hope you know like the holdout <laughs> yeah and now it's apparently not true um yeah I think and, that and shows it shows us that nintendo is a company just like anything else but it's sad that it's happening yeah and i i i, I yeah, I think this goes back to the statement before, of, and, and you know, and listen, folks, I've been only back for fifteen minutes, but we're going to turn on the business, Justin, right? Oh, dude, dude, <laughs> I I've been waiting for this reminder: corporations are not your friends, right? Corporations do not care, and so by us holding this, holding Nintendo to this, like, oh, bad things can't happen there. No, bad things can happen there because people are there, right? By default, and by default, those are things that occur, right? So. So they're a corporation run by people to do specific things and outcomes, right? And so what you're saying is bad things happen because people are morons. Yes, that's that's a lot of my lot of my general commentary, right, on life. But but I mean, but I mean, this absolutely happens at everyone's jobs, right? And and it's just one of those things that that in the video game industry, you know, it, it has had such a light shone on it over the last several years. It continues to. Um, and so it's, it's a challenge that, that every company is facing. And again, companies are ran by people. People are flawed. Therefore businesses and companies are flawed. And, and so we cannot, we, we would love to hold these companies to a higher, higher standard. Right. Um, but, but that isn't true, right? Like, sure, yeah, yeah, sure. You but can hold we, anything to to what you believe they should be. Right, uh, we you know, should hold them to a higher standard. Correct, but but we, we also should. can't believe we can't believe that because they are this this family friendly thing that they are they also oh, cannot absolutely. make a mistake. Right, absolutely. What's going to be interesting is to see when this happened, and 
unfortunately, we already know the bad part of it was that the young lady wasn't treated equally. So mm-hmm. that's a prop. That's a you know a mm-hmm. mark against them right there. But what I what I'm interested in hearing is when did this happen, and has it has the culture changed since then because of what we've witnessed in the in this in gaming environment? So if it's the same old same old gaming environment throughout the years, and now they're changing it, that's the sad part. Yep. But if they've caught it at some point and started changing the culture along the way. That's great, but they still didn't change the the how they treated that young lady, obviously. So yeah. I yeah. think that that this article from from Kotaku alleged that these things happened uh anywhere from 2009 to 2014. And and so again, it, it doesn't justify like, oh, well, things are probably better now. So these aren't things, right? Like, no, these They're are still these, things. These are still sure. things that happened, right? And these are still systemic potentially bad problems and they need to be raised and they need to be adjusted and they need to be managed they sure. may have already by now been adjusted after they left the organization you don't know but the story is being told now and so that's one of the reasons why it gets the light um and i think it's important to raise these yep i, I just i also think that it's interesting that uh or i think it speaks to um maybe sometimes the the amount of scrutiny that we, that people put Nintendo under, and maybe it's because of that family friendly uh, atmosphere that they seem to have that when you hear things like, Oh, workers aren't being treated fairly or the same, or, Oh, the red badge workers are better than the blue badge workers or, or there's been sexual harassment that it is a, it's a shocking thing. Right. And, and, and we, maybe, maybe we, we, um, we get a little hyper-focused on that. In a way, I'm I'm not trying to minimize any of this at all. I'm just simply saying that uh, I, Nintendo, Activision, Xbox, uh, Sony, they all have work to do. They all do. We all do uh, in this area. And so, uh, you know, I, I just why can't people? Tra- <laughs> My question is why can't people just treat other people like decent human beings? And just be done with it. Here's so, so here's what I do. Here is what I naturally assume. I assume that every single for Nintendo, and this is why I don't feel shocked about this. I assume that Nintendo is built on a foundation of toad slave labor. Um, oh, sure. So every single game that you have ever <laughs> wanted, just imagine toads that are chained to a desk um, work. And that's that's how Nintendo has been built as an organization is they're built on the back of toads. Um, so just assume that. Right. And then you're just like, yeah, it feels about right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I like it. I mean, uh, you know, them their doofy little hats down there. Yeah. Yeah. Or are they hats or are they just part of their head? <laughs> down there, you know, the Mario, Kart, down the Mario there, cartoon back in the day, they would toad would down there. They don't, they don't wear the hats down there. Oh, they you don't get the hats. To, yet. You have to earn the hat. You get a hat and a red badge. That's exactly it. Then you get to eat in the company cafeteria where apparently there's sushi day. Right. Every now and not for the toads because you not know what it the is the, that what happens is the sushi is actually other toads from the night before. Oh no, I was gonna say, you know what they eat? They eat like leftover. Cream. They have to eat leftover virtual boys. Oh, uh, jump, 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 just, jump. Just, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, Jesse, well, that, that was 
dark. Yes. Right. <laughs> Jesse Waldock, talk to me about why Nintendo is using their new in-house server system, the NPLN for Splatoon 3, and why I sh- any of us should actually care. Uh, I honestly don't know what NPLN is. I can talk about this. Mr. So- Marty, listen. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on. Tim, Jesse, had yeah, Marty not showed up to this show, right? Had he not shown up, y'all wouldn't have known what was going on. I'm gone for two months and you guys can't figure out how to prepare. No, Marty, tell me why I should care about this. He showed up. I'm so glad you showed up. Thank you, Marty. You (laughs) saved our butts. Thank you so Uh, much. So uh, just uh, uh, some quick information around this is that uh, Nintendo's uh, uh, servers that that Splatoon 2 used were kind of an antiquated thing uh, around the company. And that's why when you boot the game up and you go to find an online game, uh, for Splatoon 2, it takes forever. Let's let's be honest. It takes uh, a long time to connect with other people, and that is because it's running through a server system called the NEX. Uh, however, uh, data miners have uncovered that uh, Splatoon 3 will be taking advantage of the NPLN system, and this is why when we got the Splatoon Direct last week that Nintendo was uh, able to talk about the brand new lobby system uh, as well as being able to see which multiplayer uh, mode or game your friends are in and be able to invite them or join them mid battle. NPLN is designed for that. You can call out to friends to let them know that you're available uh, online uh, and a whole lot more uh, just getting really down into the nitty gritty uh, details uh, if you're really interested in that, you can hit up my Nintendo news. There's an article about it over there. But before you get too excited, uh, the disappointing thing is that uh, they have also discovered that uh, the in-game net code is still likely peer-to-peer. Uh. Yeah. So instead of Nintendo handling the, the heavy lifting with the servers, uh, it's still going to be uh, peer-to-peer, which means probably still a ton of disconnections and mismatches as far as uh, internet quality and different things like that. I wish they would go ahead and pull the trigger on, 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 on handling that. And for those of you who don't know why this is such a big deal, the NEX server system has been in use since the 3DS. So this is, this is old school, uh, there's only two games right now that use NPLN. One of those is Monster Hunter Rise. The other mm. is Pokemon's Legends uh, Arceus. How, so, is it u- how is it used there? Is there... Because I didn't think Arceus was an online... I don't know. I, I think that's the... If, if you die, you leave your stuff in someone else's game, and then oh. they find it and return it to you. That's probably that. There is also... There was also mention that the NPLN also does work on matching up players who have certain latencies with other players with certain latencies and Ooh. then compensates between I, the two. I it's like a I, go between the two. So I wonder if I wonder which uh, server system uh, Kirby's Dream Buffet is using, because having played uh, several games of that online, it's been nearly flawless. Really? I mean, nice. really. Uh, the, the online connection in that game is really good. Like, I'm Ladies not and gentlemen, something you would game. never thought we would hear from Nintendo <laughs> is that their online connection was really good. So, so 
of course, something I, I don't we don't know yet about Splatoon three. Maybe they announced it and I missed it. But will the player data be stored on the Nintendo servers like they should be, like Fortnite does, or, or are they still going to be held on the individual systems? Which means you won't be able to have cloud backups. Good question. I, remember I did see something about I seeing something about that curb uh, about that like it it's probably going to be stored on your system yeah probably right so they're so worried about somebody possibly cloning an item mm-hmm. that they, they you know uh, they well, just put having it, on, it for everybody having <laughs> the logic on their own servers would fix resolve most of that in addition to saving data i don't know that would require, but then, then, but then they couldn't play in peer to peer. Would require this is also the company. <laughs> this is also the company that that and and God bless y'all. You said it last week. I think Marty or Tim, you said it. They're reskinning or recycling Splatoon two, making a few adjustments to it, putting out Splatoon three. It's going to sell absolute gangbusters. Yes, do you know why? Because it's going to make money. It's going to be a huge seller. Um. But I, but and I, I go back is and what I say, I was arguing that I don't think it's just a reskin. I think there's a whole infrastructure that we've now just read about that was that this game was built on. The infrastructure, yeah, okay, the infrastructure. So, yes, but I, I don't believe it justifies a new game. Right. There's also I, I, a new- I am the full believer. I am a full believer that this game, this game, along with Overwatch 2, struggles from the argument of why it is not just an updated game, DLC version 2.5 or whatever it is pack, and you move them over to the new infrastructure. Well, and the reason is new- because it makes money. Well, they're also mm-hmm. using a new AMD Fidelity FX super resolution for better yeah, graphics. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so oh, I can sure. be patched in. Should it be patched in? You, I, I, I'm sorry. I fully believe this game should have transitioned into being like an online free-to-play shooter with a battle pass or whatever you want to call it. If you want to have a story mode, it's 20 bucks more. And you have a long game, live games as a service platform. And I think that that's what they should be doing. And I know that's not what Nintendo does because they can't figure out how to do it, right? Because it's too <laughs> risky. But I can guarantee you they would still make absolute bank on this I don't game. think it's about being risky. I think it's about being what they are. And that's providing a game. And although you can argue, we've argued about this before, a full package game, because obviously we're still going to get DLC and all that kind of stuff and built two years worth of updates. But still, the whole thing is you pay 60 bucks, you get the whole game. Instead of jumping in the game and then you're paying for, which is also different for Splatoon, is their cosmetics are enhancements where other games' cosmetics don't do anything. I think Nintendo looks at Splatoon as a half half of a life games of a live game service. Because they have a strategy, they have a roadmap for the next two mu- two years of what they're rolling out and the content and all of that. But then when those two years are done, we're shutting the lights off, <laughs> right? And I and I, yeah. and, yep. and I don't think it's a smart idea. I like they have an IP, they have an IP that they have released three games in ten years, and it makes absolute bank. And they know there's a population of people who play it. It's a massive shooter, right? It, I mean, for sure, would be one of those really good selling 
making bucks. Yeah. Uh, free to play. If there was, if there was any platform or sorry, any IP for them to experiment on this methodology, this is the IP they should. Yeah. I agree with that. Right. And they should, and they should have done it in Splatoon too, but I recognize that you don't know how it's going to land. It's still a new IP. You don't really know what you've got. That's fine. I believe Splatoon three should have taken that approach. And, and and again, because here's the thing, if a game is free to play like Splatoon, like Splatoon three could be, you get more people on board because guess what? It ain't costing you nothing to download it. You're getting more users. By the way, here's a battle pass, right? Like, come on, come See, on. I like, what, I like what Mikey Dreamer says. Splatoon is their Call of Duty. Correct. Yep. So Call of Duty, Warzone, Splatoon, Splatlands. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say this, I'm gonna, and it might make people mad, but I'm going to tell you, I think Nintendo has another f- long forgotten franchise, which would be great as a free-to-play game. Because they can monetize the ever-loving bejeebus out of it. Mm. And that's F-Zero. Release some tracks. Release some cars. Battle pass that that thing. Get your drivers. Get your cars. Get your upgrades. Boom, boom, boom. I'm in. I'm spending money. Yeah. I think this is the challenge that any, like, arena-based, primary arena-based, team-based, online multiplayer game has is the justification to of a new game right now when we see the call of duties it's all new maps all new single player like the whole kit and caboodle but i but i ultimately also do believe that like the backbone of that should be a uh, different approach but that's i'm gonna get off my soapbox uh but uh you weren't here last week to talk about that oh no i listened to it and i was like yeah marty you tell him marty Look, i think there's <laughs> i think there's valid points to both ways right i think there's a, val- a valid points to it being a $60 game, a one-time purchase. And uh, that mainly relates to longevity or lifespan of the game and when they can like flip the switch and say, okay, we're working on what's next. On the other hand, I see it in the free-to-play because I don't feel like there's been a lot of time since they flipped the switch and started working on Splatoon 3 because there's so much that is the same. And, I, you know, of course, you go back to the whole argument, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But... I would love them to add things to what's not broken. That's yeah. that or more than what I saw, but that's a whole other whole different category. Now, again, anyway. go back to the original, original article. I'm hoping that if these, if they're using these new servers and that Tim aligns with what you said before that new infrastructure, the backbone of it, if that makes it easier for us to jump online and play with our friends and connect and, and it's seamless and it feels great. Awesome. Right. Then I'm really, really happy for that. Um, right. And again, I say this in my soapbox, also knowing that in like one month from now, uh, we will all have Splatoon 3. We'll oh, all yeah, be playing absolutely. and be like, oh my God, it was so amazing. Did you see the match? We'll be streaming it, all that kind of stuff. Just so fact, it's I like have I said my last Splatoon week. hat on right now. I'm going to buy Splatoon 3. I said yeah. that last week. I'm, I de- it's not, this does not affect me buying it. No. However, it does affect my excitement for the yeah. game. Listen, this is just a conversation that if we ran Nintendo, here's what we would do. That's right. All right. Excellent stuff. We'd Let's be arguing on. about it for hours on end. <laughs> right on a podcast <laughs> that people might listen to. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to our next one. Ladies and gentlemen, Embracer Group has acquired limited run games. This hit the uh, the tweeters today, the news feed. Um, who can tell us a little bit about Embracer Group and why this is important? This is just crazy because not only that, they also picked up Lord of the Rings IP as well. When I read that article, what? Yep. So it's it wasn't just 
that. <laughs> at this point, at this point, I said this when we first talked about them back when they bought, uh, I think it was, uh, was it IDOS from Square Enix or, or, yep. or yeah. brought, brought the arm of Square Enix where that owns Tomb Raider and things like that. They, yep. You cannot convince me at this point that, that the Embracer group is not just a cult. <laughs> like I feel like if we roll up in a board meeting, like you open the doors and there's a bunch of like tentacle aliens, lizards in there, like the the monsters from uh, the aliens from the Simpsons, yes. Kodos and Kang, you know, what do we buy next? You know? Yes. Well, <laughs> at this point, honestly, run. at this point, I was thinking about this. Who owns more Embracer group or Disney? Yeah, we're going to, we're going to find out as far, but you know, there's a lot, they're heavier on one side of the media than the other is. So the, it just reminds me of by and large from Wally, right? Yes. Like there's a, there's yeah. a big company that owns everything. They destroy the planet with trash and leave the robots behind yes. to fix it. And while also, everyone gets fat and gets their Septuagint centennial cupcake and yeah. a cup with their hover chair. Also, ladies and gentlemen, this is also the time that we're excited to announce that we have also been purchased by the Embracer Group. Uh, we'll be called yes. the Embracer Group Podcast. And by the way, if Embracer Group is uh, listening, I am not above selling out this podcast. We are for sale. For a we are for sale. ton of money. Uh, I'm all right with that. Just you know? look, look uh, cups yeah. with uh, cartoon beavers. Listen, we are, we, are, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are shilling at its best. All right. So, um, no, but well, I mean, I, I do think this is a bit of a chat. This is interesting. I use the word interesting. Let me, let me throw this out. Real quick yeah, too, while you're talking about this. So not only the limited run games and the JRR token works, but also trip tripwire interactive, which is covers killing floor, man eater, rising storm, tuxedo labs, which created teardown, sing tricks, which is a vocal processing effects tech. And then of course, limited run in the token. Oh my gosh. Stuff. Yeah. This is, so this hang on. So, can, can, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I just want to mind one thing here. They own like the they the like the rights to Lord of the Rings now. Yes, they secured the like rights that. to Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit literary literary works. But not the but not a movie. Uh the but not a show. It's because uh, Amazon's got that. Amazon's Amazon, got the got the Rings of Power show coming out real soon. Let's see. It's just so weird. Why does why does J.R.R. Tolkien's estate not own the literary rights to his? Well, books? no, I think it's they probably. There's. Are they, you saying they own the rights to make video games? They over? own the rights to do stuff with that license, meaning they paid that family to do that, and then I'm sure okay. there's a certain gotcha. amount of gotcha. time okay. that they only have that. There's probably some more details there that we'd have to look into for sure. I think this is uh I'm just worried that this is isn't going to turn into Tencent Jr. Well, so that's here's a, a, here's that's a clarification <laughs> right here. Sorry, real quick. Embracer Group's acquisition of Tokens Universe includes Middle Earth Enterprises, which owns the rights to the video games, board games, merchandise, and other related works. Embracer's operative group, Osmodi, already has a history. Asmodee. And okay, already has a history licensing the Lord of the Rings board game. So hold up, games. so hold up, whoa, 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 this is big, this is huge. So Embracer <laughs> Group, they own Asmodee. Yes, Asmodee owns like seventy-five percent of every of like all board game publishers. Yes, they like most 
like popular board games, if they're outside of Hasbro, Parker Brothers, all that, or, you know, Mattel, all that stuff, uh, they're owned by Asmodee now. And basically all Asmodee did was come in and raise prices. And this was before inflation. That's huge. Yeah. That like they're that's a massive just just the Tolkien stuff in its own right. I know right. this is a rabbit and we're chasing it, but just that. <laughs> Ebisel is, says they also own Dark Horse Comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we went through this before. Everything that I, I, I know. I mean, there's, owns. They, they, there's, it's, it's massive their catalog, yeah. but it's just, y'all, this is crazy. Yeah, and my commentary before is, I think you know, we continue to see these kind of corporations picking up smaller entities. The well, what is the Coke Group now referred to? They've changed their branding recently. Um, not the Coke, the drink, but the, the embracer, embracer drink. Right. Uh, <laughs> THQ Nordic, all of these, like, you know, I, I mean, you make the argument Activision with all the companies they picked up, right? Like, like, like we're j- these, these 10 cent, right? These companies are just picking up all these IPs, all these kind of um, properties. And so now they're being owned by, you know, three or four megaton corporations that has the, the, the rights to everything. And I think it's it, it's great cool. because they can receive some funding and potentially continue to to create content. Um, but like I think artistically, you begin to potentially lose maybe what your desired uh, outcome was when you started these things. And a reminder: THQ Nordic is owned by Embracer. Because <laughs> of course they are. Yeah, Embracer wow. owns Nordic. Infra- Nintendo says they own Disney too, which is owned by the Illuminati. Yes. I love that. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> They're owned the, by the Stonecutters. Uh, that's a deep cut Simpsons reference. To, for we the, own it. Invited. It's us. We, we're the, yeah, we're we the embracer. The group. We're the embracer. We like to give hugs. We do. Uh, so, yeah, very interesting to see what shakes out of that. Uh, and of course, as Marty had referenced earlier, they did recently do some more acquisition of some of Square Enix Western uh, publishers and developers earlier this year as well. Uh, moving on to our next news item um, Nintendo Switch non OLED box size will be reduced by 20%. I didn't yep. think have, have you seen a picture smaller. of this? No, I haven't. I haven't seen the picture of it. It's the exact same size as the OLED box. With the picture of the V2 switch on it. So it's going to be extremely confusing when you go to the, the mm-hmm. store because mm-hmm. it's not like the OLED packaging says OLED on it in real big letters. Nope. I think this is a dumb move. I really it's do. Especially since you have red and blue OLEDs. Can I can I just ask this? We're a year, we're almost a year into OLED. Why are they still making the old switch? Price is the same, isn't it? No, $50 more here in the U.S. Oh, that's right. Just get rid of it and just say the Switch is $50 more now and you get an ice cream. Yeah. I don't <laughs> that's, what I thought, that's what I thought they were going to do. I really here, did. Here's, here's what this rings to me. This rings to me. Someone said, we have a environmental uh, goal, greenhouse objective that we are trying as an organization to accomplish. And we have now been able to reduce our carbon footprint in the boxes that we create by 20%. You would right? love it if that was right, wouldn't you? I'm, oh, I'm, I'm not, not. That is the not company, what it's called. The company claims that it is doing this to improve transportation efficiency and to increase supply. 
increased transportation efficiency means that we can put more boxes more, on more trucks, units per pallet, which means less trucks potentially. There's does, an argument. Listen, I, means, can argue, I can argue that that's a positive more. thing, right? Here's, here's what it means. It means we're going to be able to put more switches in more boxes and not have to pay as much for shipping. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it means. They, they, if you think that they give one rip about carbon footprint in this, you're wrong. Well, that's they you can, can spin it. You can do. spin it in a way that makes spin it sound it like it's way. carbon exactly footprint. Exactly, you can spin away. Like, like, look, we don't meet weekly together to do the podcast because we re- we are reducing podcast carbon footprint. Yeah, they're seeing that we are a we are a one hundred percent green podcast. Yes, well, one hundred percent green. I mean, there's a lot of gas green. in my office right now, but uh, that's local <laughs> to my area. That's why that's why there's no carbon footprint because we're not we're not all in the same room creating one. Ladies and gentlemen, wait until we all come together. We're gonna wreck the, we're gonna wreck the environment. Oh, did you? I feel, did I feel you also, sorry for that Airbnb. Did you let a little something <laughs> slip there, Justin? I don't, I don't, I don't know if I did. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, let's continue moving forward with smaller boxes. <laughs> I don't know what that was. And I, I didn't know where I was going with that. Smaller packages. <laughs> smaller packages. Uh, speaking of smaller packages and things, I don't understand why we still have it. Uh, new game releases. Let's talk about these. Uh, yeah. Wave Race sixty four. Well, 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 before we get into here, here we had a bunch of games listed as summer, and a lot of these games are are either going to have release dates or they won't. So we'll see where, where your favorite game lands. Okay. <laughs> so we've got some new release dates is what you're saying to me right now. Yes. Okay. All right. I love it. All right. Um, hmm. Interesting. Interesting. We're here. We're seeing some, uh, some of the chat might be picking up on some things here. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, all right. Uh, so let's talk about some game releases for you to be aware of. Uh, Wave Race 64. It's hitting tomorrow. Is that right? I thought it was out today. Right now. It's out in Japan now. I don't know. Is it out in North America It should be out on on, on the Uh, Yeah, North um, Nintendo of America posted it on Twitter saying it was out now. There you go. Perfect. Okay. Uh, So that's that's today. Uh, Ooblids is releasing on September 1st. Pre-orders are available in the eShop right now. Um, Is anyone excited for Ooblids? I think people were. Did anyone hear this group? I forgot. I've seen little bits and pieces of it, but I'm I not think sure. I think this game was announced is. like a decade ago. But, no, was, it was in the last direct, uh, the last yeah, indie direct. It's like Pikmin meets Animal Crossing ish. Yep. I'm not interested. Right mm-hmm. on, moving forward. Uh, one Shot World Machine Edition. I might be interested in this one. I saw. I, I don't saw know the what this is. This was part of one of the pre- last last directs that didn't make. Didn't catch my eye then, but I saw the trailer when they did the date announcement. I'm like, that one I might want. To, I want to look into. Okay. I don't remember. I don't remember what it's about anymore because this was two mm. days ago when I when I saw this. But that's now something I, I have on my radar. Okay. Uh, Life is Strange Arcadian Bay Collection. So this is Life is Strange uh, collection that was supposed to have come out like in February of this year, got in, got delayed at the last minute. And also when it was released on the other systems, had a massive amount of bugs uh, and challenges, has got delayed and now has an official date of September 27th. There are two games on this package um, and of the two games of the cartridge, 
of the two games, one is on cartridge, one is a download code as well. So that is Life is Strange, Arcadian Bay Collection, coming on September 27th. I'll probably pick this up. I really enjoyed Life is Strange. I am looking forward to this. And and I've been wanting to play this collection, so uh, I'm excited to jump into it. Uh, them fighting herds. And I'm going to be honest with you. I had no idea what this game was and it came through our PR inbox recently. And I was like, okay, they got it's a fighting we, game about we, ponies. We get trailers. I was like, I'll watch this. I'm sorry. How is this not a copyright against my little, my little pony it, smash Brothers? It's funny that you asked that Jesse knows the answer. Yes. Originally it was a pony game. They were going to call it fighting is magic. And they were using ponies from the show. They got the band hammer dropped real hard. Uh, yeah. Hasbro put the stop to that. But Lauren Faust, the art director of, of Ma- Friendship is Magic, says, I like your concept. I will draw new characters for you. So that's why they still look like Lauren Faust art, because it is Lauren Faust out art <laughs> interesting it's going to be an interesting game and we actually had a question from mecha dragon about who's excited about this and who's going to be your main yeah. and he spelled it wrong he uh, should have main. said who's going to be your main m-a-n-e yeah uh, and, and the, but, the developers is called main six m-a-n-e six i don't know because i don't know any of the characters but uh whichever <laughs> one um uh whichever one is is blue that's one I'm gonna say. I'm gonna use the one that has a uh, sword. I don't think any of them do. If there's one swords? that's black with red striping Ooh. on it, I'm getting that one. If they don't have one with a sword, I'm gonna I'm play not, this. I'm not playing. So, this. Justin, I'm just telling you now. If we, if we, <laughs> extra life? No, like no. If you, I, I, well, me and Jesse will play rock paper scissors for it for the okay. code. All right, you, know so you guys coming. are gonna. I, I, I actually have no interest in this. Oh, well, really? <laughs> I, I think, buy Marty, it. you need to connect. I, I, I assume it's going to have online functionality. Uh, I think you need to connect with Mr. Mr. Mecha Dragon and you Ooh. need to be playing online with him. Bring, him. bring him in, stream it. Right. That'd be the way to do it. I am uh, decently bad at fighting games. Right on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, have you guys heard, I, have you guys heard of multiverse? Yeah. It's versus. God. It's, oh, it's, is it terrible? Because apparently there there's a big no, rumor like, it's coming to switch. It's good. Let me tell you why it's bad. Because you can't even play <laughs> it's good. Let me let, tell you why it's bad. Let me tell you. It, I mean, it plays It plays great. Like, as okay. far as a Smash clone, yeah. probably the best one. I My son actually did an hour-long live stream of it on his YouTube channel, like, the like around the time it launched for everybody. Uh, but And sorry, what was that YouTube channel that, that he has? Red Warrior Network. Red Warrior Network network so if you were looking to subscribe on youtube you'd type in red warrior network he would love that like it would thrill his soul if you went over there and did that um here's (laughs) the deal he um uh, here's what we found that why he was here playing on ps5 we downloaded it went took it home you can't do anything with it if you don't have an internet connection oh no it's so like like to the point of it will disconnect you in the middle of the tutorial because you've got to have a constant internet connection so they can monitor all your online play to figure out how to monetize it best to you. It's stupid. Sucks. Uh, I also think that the, um, like, I love, I like, I, I, I think the character selection is kind of strange because I'm wondering who they're shooting for. Are they shooting for kids? 
like with Bugs Bunny and Batman and Harley Quinn, you know, like, or are they shooting for um, wine moms who watch Game of Thrones by including Arya Stark as one of the characters? Okay. Like, it's so weird. Like, she, why, like she if kicks it is, ass, I'd if, pick her. I mean, <laughs> but, right. But my, but my son goes, who is that? And then they oh, just have this yeah. random like character that you don't know where it's from called Rain Dog, who's a reindeer and a dog. And apparently it's their it's their original character, but there's no there's no story for it. There's no there's no backstory. I, and then they, and then they put, Le- thing. Then they put LeBron James from Space Jam 2. In LeBron it. James. LeBron James. <laughs> so isn't that the whole point of the movie to not do what they just did with this game? Yes. Well, the whole point is. Uh, walking out of the theater and going, my God, why did I just spend money on Space Jam 2? I didn't. Uh, well, I, I, I saw it on streaming, so I didn't. To teach you that there's better money. movies to spend your money on is what it is. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I sorry, Justin. I just like it's not my cup of tea. I'm just gonna play Smash. Just gonna play Smash. That's fair. That's fair. I was just hearing rumor that it was coming to a lot of other platforms very soon. That same play. argument that you just made about it connecting to the internet. And you not liking it because of that could also be spun for the same thing for Splatoon 3 and being all in one cart game versus a free to play game. Well, you do have to connect to the internet. I mean, I'm just like I have to, just like I have to connect to the internet to play Fortnite or Apex Legends. I have to to play Overwatch. Can I, can I, can I say this? Fortnite but they're not doing my, those. <laughs> Fortnite works on my crappy home internet because it does not connect peer to peer. It connects to a server. With a mobile data connection, like mobile cell phone data, Nintendo's servers do not work with that. Oh, honestly, Nintendo could learn a lot from Epic in regards to how they connect I their game. <laughs> uh, here, let's actually just do this. I'm gonna. Can you rephrase your statement? And I'm gonna tell you where you should put the period. So do you want to try the mm-hmm. sentence again, Tim? Nintendo could learn a lot. Well, Nintendo period. could learn a lot. Period. Yes. <laughs> period. That's it. From period. Epic. It's like there's it's no like addition. It's like they're offering it to them. Nintendo could learn a lot from Epic. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like we do have to remember like that. A gift. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, I'm yeah, playing. Can't we just, uh, I'm playing the pony game. Playing it. Playing the pony game. All right. I love that's it. I love I, it. I, and that's why I thought too that the DLC, if they wanted to try it, like you said, if they didn't want to do the whole game as free to play maybe their dlc later on could be like if they you know if i dreamed it up like nintendo works with epic and they create a, a battle royale splatoon night yeah yeah that'd be type of thing you know so there's so many good things there that could happen sorry I went uh, off on a let's talk here. no it's okay anyway <laughs> them's fighting herds out october 18th Thank you for bringing us I'm, back on board, Jesse. I appreciate you. I don't think you, we ever uh, got to the date on that. <laughs> no, because I probably stopped caring a while ago. All right, next one. Locomotive is delayed until 2023. I think we saw this in the last direct. I, think. Oh, I thought that was out game? already. Yeah, it was a train game that was originally marked as summer. Got it. Okay. And one that I am actually genuinely disappointed in is that Metal uh, Slug Tactics has been delayed to 2023 as well. Oh yeah, word, locomotive uh, is not. It's not the train game. It's about the mystery on a train. Oh, it's that one. 
See, so they've got motive, like motive, like you've murdered someone. Loco motive. Loco motive. Motive. That's a that's a good one. Crazy. That's a, smart, that's a good. That's a good name. So well done. Well that's done. Deep. That's deep. Cool. And then, then no, all right, folks. No, that, no word on uh, on advance wars. No, no word. No, on but can I tell you something? Somebody posted that they did server maintenance on advance wars on the sixteenth yeah, wh- this week. Why would you? Announce Maybe. that you are doing server maintenance on a game that isn't released. I'll tell you I mean, why, because they're going to shadow drop it. It's No, they're not going to really shadow drop it. They're not going to shadow drop it because they have all the cartridges printed. The cartridges. Maybe, maybe are, I just go to maybe I go to Walmart tomorrow and it's there, Justin. No, that's not <laughs> how this is gonna work. But my, my point is, is in my mailbox. That's what happens. They, they could have done the maintenance <laughs> and not said anything, and no one would have noticed. No, but they had to announce it, like Nintendo. They have to tease everybody. Yeah, make everybody. This game, this game is this game is going to come out in uh, between january and march of 2023 probably february is when advanced wars is going to come out because they are going to publish it in their fiscal year that makes sense oh yeah yeah i think i think we kind of guessed at that before too yeah yeah but yeah if you yeah do nothing is going to be shadow dropped you're going to get a date they're going to lead up they have a whole pr cycle about this right they're going to spend time they're going to put a demo out if it was digital only maybe sorry if it was digital only, then maybe correct. This, this has yeah. a physical release. Yeah, I think the Kirby game is a great example. They could have been like, if it was digital only, yeah, you'd be grand. But because it's physical, they need to change it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is our news. Let's head over to our sponsor, folks. Today's episode of Nintendo Dads is brought to you by Manscaped. Now, does your happy trail look a little more hap- more like a highway? Uh, does your bush peak a little bit over the fence? If you have to even think about the answer, you need the revolutionary products from Manscaped. Success is when preparation meets opportunity and Manscaped's platinum package will make sure you're prepared when opportunity strikes. Join the over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code NINDADS, N-I-N-D-A-D-S. That's 20% off and free shipping at um using the code NINDADS, N-I-N-D-A-D-S. Big thanks to Manscaped for their continued support uh, of our show throughout uh, 2022 as well. Uh, guys, I, I listen, I absolutely love Manscaped. We're talking about it. It is hot as Hades in Alberta right now. It is uncomfortably hot and sweaty. And let me tell you, taking care of that, that ball deodorant is making it feel nice and cool so we ain't getting the chafing, feeling nice and uh, refreshed, uh, on, on hot days like this. So again, if you're thinking they just take care of, of body hair removal, they do a fantastic job of that, but they have some amazing products like the ball deodorant, like the underarm deodorant, like their body wash, like their hair, their shampoo and conditioner. They are not just tools. They also have amazing products that really, really do make your day uh, usage so much better. Uh, we absolutely love their products at Manscaped and love their continual support of Nintendo dads. Uh, back over to you. M- me nope this goes over to Events. someone tim tim vince yeah all right all right so we got the events coming up we first up we got game trials which is pokemon or excuse me Pokémon tournament dx for north american region and it's not wise it's what ease ease eight look Cremosa of Donna, European region, is getting yes. that one. August 18th through the 24th, players can earn 100 
my Nintendo Platinum points for playing during the game trial period, at least in North America. It is unknown if the same offer is available in Europe. So can I can I throw a theory out here? Go for it. They're doing a Pokemon Tournaments game trial because Pokemon Tournament 2 is coming. Mm. Yeah, because Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon Tournament DX was just a, a port, it was, right? It was a port, was a port from, from the Wii U version. Yeah, so that, and it was early. It was an early port. Yeah. So why in the world would they throw this uh, uh, back up there? That's I a, really do think that this nice means prediction. something is coming. At, at first, I thought it would be related to the Pokemon World Championships, but of course, that's in London. So why wouldn't the European region also have it? Yeah. <laughs> so that I like kind that. Of, bust that theory to shreds that is a good That's speculation true. though uh that we get the poking tournament so keep an eye on that one uh also what we normally remind everybody about is the dinner table which is every third friday of the month which means tomorrow night or tonight if you're listening this friday morning um on your podcast feed uh it'll be tonight at 10 p.m eastern daylight savings time uh, where we just get together in the community, Nintendo Dad's community, and just chit-chat about everything. What's been going on during the week, the month, what Nintendo's doing, what Nintendo's not doing. We also talk about the shows and movies we're all into or games we're into in other areas. Uh, and just basically some of the same topics, too, that we talk about here that maybe some people want to ex- ex- you know, talk about. So We should uh, talk about talk about. Sh- the, the they didn't watch She-Hulk yet today. I have yes. not had a chance to watch it yet. I have. Uh, I have. Some I'm sure we'll be talking about that. Yeah, at the dinner table. So you should come join us, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we also have been talking about uh, getting votes in on if we should do another like episode of the table, essentially, but a breakfast table for those who can't make it at the nighttime one for dinner table once a month, maybe doing a breakfast table or brunch table or something like that during, during the week. So playing around with it, I have to figure out for me, you know, the best time to do it between work and stuff. And also trying to figure out what's the best time for everybody to join in. Uh, One of the ideas that I liked from uh, John, I think it was from our dad's after dark group was just opening up a, you know, opening up a chat at a certain mm-hmm. time for a few hours and just let people come in and out of the, throughout the day to chit chat or whatever, because they're also working. So, but um, keeping an eye, keep an eye out on that in our discord in order to get into our discord, you either have to be a Patreon subscriber or a Twitch subscriber. Uh, so either way doing those, you can join us. So, and then you can join the dinner table. So those are the events. So let's move on to what we've been playing. Do it. Justin, you're back. You should start first. Sure. <laughs> sure. I think people will be, will be shocked to know that I have actually. Oh, hello. My dog just came into the room. Uh, people will be shocked to know that I've actually been playing games and not just Fortnite or Apex Legends because everyone thought I had a bit of a meltdown about six weeks ago about why I haven't enjoyed stuff. But uh, right. exciting news, folks. I have been playing some games uh, and I have actually been reducing playing Fortnite and Apex Legends. Uh, so the games I have been playing live alive. I have been playing that. And I know that. Uh, yes. Marty, you've been playing it. 
Yes. And I know that I think that here in the chat, who else is uh, Jesse? You've been playing it. Uh, right. So I am, what is it? Is there, there's seven, it's seven stories, right? You well, start with seven. On the, on the, on the, like when you start up, there's seven of them, right? Yeah. So I have done all of them except for the far future. And the, the one that was in the demo, not the eat, not the, uh, with the monk the Chinese, the monk one. Yeah. The, that I already like done during the demo and was like, at a le- I'm already at a level 10. So I don't know if I've done, yeah. if I've completed that story. No, the demo was only halfway through it. Okay. Oh, so I have yeah, to finish. Yeah. Yeah. I have to finish lots. those two and then, and then I'm done. Um, I, I have definitely, um, enjoyed various stories throughout it. I've enjoyed different approaches. It's, I, it's very cool. It's a very cool game. Uh, and I have been enjoying my time with it. Uh, I will also tell you that sometimes I'm like, okay, it's a little bit, little, little less chatty, chatty, little, let's, let's move forward here. Uh, I I've, I've, I've hit the skip button a couple of times. Um, but I have really been enjoying what I'm playing. The, the prehistoric one's pretty funny. I thought that was a pretty, pretty, pretty good one just uh, to, 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 to go with as well. So uh, I've been playing yeah, that, but I, I but I, the near I do future see, has been my favorite one so far. Uh, yeah, I just finished the near future one. Just finished that one. Uh, but I see Marty and Jesse, you guys have both been playing it. So what's, uh, what's your thoughts on it? So I've been in the, I don't know if you call it the post game or not. Um, I've been in that for about a week or so and haven't gotten really to spend a lot of time on it. A lot of people may have saw on Twitter. I started uh, getting my master's uh, this week, but uh, it's, it's actually something I'm planning on diving back into tomorrow Um, without spoiling anything. Like I said, I think I said this last week, there's kind of like an Avengers type thing going on right now. So like every the things you do matter and they carry over into this um, this part, portion of the game, which actually seems to be pretty sizable. Nice, but it's it is the it's going to sound goofy after I said Avengers. It is the end game, right? Right. It's like it's, this is this is the part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But basically, where I'm at right now is finding people. And then going on a final quest for them to find their most powerful weapon. Hmm. Very cool. Which is there. You can, from what I understand with all of the seven people, you can freely swap them in and out of your party at the end. Um, But they're, they, they all have a dungeon and all of those dungeons function in a different way. Like in, Mm. in one, you're, you're going into, the dungeon at different points and you have to defeat enemies to get keys that lead you to places where you get other keys Yeah, that will eventually let you through four gates and, mm. and you get the, the, okay. the item. And another one, it was um, <clears throat> you had a, you had to, you could run through it as fast as you wanted barring, you know, random encounters. There were no random encounters in this one, except there was like a super, uh, def- like supercharged defensive enemy. Like it was really hard to defeat uh, because it had a lot of defense, and he constantly stalks you mm. through the through the thing. Like you could see him coming, so you can kind of fake yeah. him out. 
but like he you'll beat him and he'll disappear and then like a little while later he'll he'll pop back up and he's mm. he's chasing you down yeah i've i've really i've really enjoyed like the the vignettes the stories that are in there sometimes i do find them a bit long the graphics i think are fantastic i love mm-hmm. this 2d kind of pixelated uh approach to it um i've really been enjoying it uh and like i mean i've again i finished again five of the five of the seven components of it um yeah it's i and, and i love the fact that like you can and it was kind of funny because it was i was on i was on a flight and i was like this is a, you know it's a five-hour flight i can bang out a couple of these right and so you could sit there and say hey, if i'm gonna play games today it's you know an hour and a half two hours and i can finish off one of these vignettes so i'm really really enjoying it really excited by it um so that's, that's, been, that's one, been good that's one thing i'll say about it too is in the beginning of the game where you're going through those different time periods like i was kind of fooled i was like oh i'll finish all these and they i'll be done right yeah. uh and they and you're right. They do finish in like most of them in like a couple, uh, uh, two and a half hours, right? Yeah. Per per time period. If you really dig into it and play, 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 play. Uh, but then you get to the to the part where I am, and even the one that unlocks after you do the seven, and those are a little more substantial. Mm. All right, those nice. have a little more meat to them, which yeah. is good because I didn't want it to just be like two, two and a half hour experiences and then boom, you're done. Yeah. But yeah, no, I have, I have been definitely digging that one. Uh, the other game I've been playing, actually I'll ask uh, Jesse or Marty again. I know you guys both have it on your list. Anything additional you guys want to stay with, say with that one? Well, I, I'm still stuck on the Edo one. Apparently I got to like the, the Kate, the jail cell that I need to get to. That jail cell key. stuff is absolute. Uh. So I'm like, so I got frustrated with that and I moved on to other games. So I, I, I hope to get back to it because I want to finish this one, but I don't know that I'm, I'm probably, I don't know if I have to start over and guide, sit down with a guy. I, I, I would say jump, jump through, jump on, find a walkthrough guide and it just watch like that. A section takes four, four or five minutes. And you'll, then you'll be like, okay, I now I know where I have to go just to kind of get yourself away from that. Cause I found that that area was super frustrating um, at a very, cause I think the layout of some of that area does not show well where like the door is. Yes. And so you're like, where do I need to go? And I'm like, Oh, that was a door there. There's a, Oh, okay. I didn't realize that I was super frustrated. And so I, I had to jump through a walkthrough. I had to jump onto a walkthrough. I think once or twice to be like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. And you're like, Oh, you're kidding me. That's a door. Um, so that's the story, the skirt that discouraged me from playing. It. Yeah. I, I think playing it there. Too. I think it's, I think it's worth pushing through the other part of it. The Edo one, I didn't give an F I killed everybody. Uh, I like, I had like 64 people dead by the end of my run on that one. I was like, I wasn't even trying to hide. If you're in front of me, you're going to die. I don't care yeah. who you are. Nice. You're some yeah. poor lady. You're dead. I'm still <laughs> level three. I get one rounded and it's, I, I'm, I end up running away from every battle because I know I'm gonna, yeah. uh, he, I'm gonna get smacked. And I, I, I found an area where I thought there was the ghosts that I could attack, but they just flung me into the jail. I'm like, okay, that's not what I want to do. Those ghosts are absolute trash too. I think the yeah. Edo one was not the best show for the demo. Let's yeah. let me just be honest. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was the. I think they should have chosen another. Yeah. I think, yeah. Okay. Uh, other games yeah, I'm playing. As I said last week, that 
the the whole near future chapter played like an hour and a half anime and i yeah, loved I it yeah and that was also where i was skipping a lot of forward for and it was so funny here's the funny part about it i was listening to your episode while i was playing that episode flying home and you were like oh and i was in that near that near future part and i was like oh, i'm this is exactly what jesse's talking about <laughs> holding zr and i'm like faster faster let's get out of this thing um but yeah god bless you for that one now the next game i've been playing speaking of jrpgs i picked up xenoblade chronicles 3 and i have been playing it so i played flying out to the east coast i played live alive flying back i played xenoblade chronicles 3 and i will only tell you i will so this is not a let me tell you how amazing it is i put in 150 hours blah blah blah. i have only played four hours of it um and that is still chapter one and i'm not fully through it yet uh, I will say I'm very engaged with kind of the, the system that they've got in place. I think it's very interesting. It's auto attack. Um, you have your arts, you're building your team. Um, there is a lot, the, the cutscenes are long in this of the three and a half hours that I have played. I feel like I have probably watched two hours of cutscenes um, to begin to store, begin to put together the story that they're telling. Right. But I will say sure the story is that less game, right? The story <laughs> is very compelling. I think it's very, and we've seen the like, Hey, each, each character only has 10 years. They only have a certain amount of time to live. They have to recharge or refill up their own kind of clock. And to be able to do this, to take the souls of others. There's a whole kind of like honor system. And I say honor system. That's kind of like what ha- a soul bearer in some ways, like, Hey, this person's passed away and you need to, um, bring their souls to uh, to the other side and kind of the ceremony, which is kind of cool. I find the map is the map is massive, even already what I've seen, and, and they do a great job of like, hey, if you want to go here, I'm going to show you how to get there. It's a quick line. I'll put it on a map. There you go. By the way, here are all your side quests. So there's a lot of like menus that open on the right hand side. Here's your side quest. Here's the thing you need to collect. That's great. You can choose that. If you go a little bit more into the system, there's a lot of deep menus, um, which can definitely become a little bit intimidating, but they do a great job in walking you through and tutorializing it. So it doesn't feel overwhelming, which I think is really, really great. Cause I think it's easy in a game like this to be like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Um, so I've been really enjoying, again, I am only about three and a half to four hours into it. I think the story is compelling. Um, I, I had a brief chat or, or, or back conversation with uh, you know, Solo something who's been loving it. He's our big Xenoblade Chronicles 3 guy. I know the Dads After Dark team is really on board with it. I think it's a really, really great game. Again, I, I think putting it a week after Live Alive was such a bad idea. Um, this game feels like it needed it needed the sp- it needed some space and I, and uh, I think this may have hurt it a little bit, but it's fantastic. If you're a Xenoblade Chronicles fan or sitting on the corner or on the edge of it, I think it's again. I'm not a big JRPG fan. I enjoyed Xenoblade Chronicles two from the like four or five hours I played of it there. Uh, I'm hoping to continue with it here, but I was really wanting a, a meaty a meaty uh, JRPG. Next game I'm playing, and this is Mr. Estes, where you and I get to have a conversation. Because this game, so if I was playing Live Alive out to the East Coast, what I was playing when I was in the East Coast was Cult of the Lamb. And this game has been running through my head for the last (laughs) week since I have been playing it. And this is a great example of a game. So I'm, 
this is the Nintendo architecture or, or, or architecture in its best. I download the game on my Nintendo Switch Lite. That is not my primary Switch. And I was like, awesome. I'm going to play this on the plane. No, I'm not. Because it requires a, are you connected to the internet to validate that you own this game? And I do own the game, but I can't play it because it's not my primary Nintendo Switch. Screw you, Nintendo. Fix that. That is absolute trash. The only games I could play is whatever was on my cartridge. That is absolute junk. So frustrated. I digress. Cult of the Lamb is a rogue-like meets Animal Crossing farm simulator game where you best, I'm not, uh, it's the best way I can kind of describe it, uh, where you are a, a cult leader who is being tasked to create a following of individuals and to do this, you need to go save them from these dungeons. This, that's the roguelike part of it, where that are procedurally generated every single time you go into it, different difficulties. And when you save them, you need to then mind them and take care of them. So you need to provide them uh, shelter. You need to provide them food. You need to perform ceremonies and, and minister to them, basically, and or uh, provide you know, kind uh, of here you need it, to provide an ample supply of outhouses. Yes. Yeah. You need to provide outhouses. So there's a whole like farm. It, you know, I've always joked about like the, oh, let's make the walking dead animal crossing. That's what I want to see. This is kind of the walking dead animal crossing that I've wanted to see. And here's the interesting part. I have spent probably of my playtime with it, which I think is about five hours now, 75% of my time is minding my cult and it's, Oh, I'm going to go, going to go make sure. Are you happy? Have you had a, have you had a blessing yet today? Oh, you need some food. I'm going to go get you some food. Oh, you know, I got to clean up some poop. Oh, I've got to like rebuild um, a shelter over here. A lot of this. And then about 25% has been me going in and like actually kind of grinding out and getting gear. It has the gameplay loop has me caught. Like if it, like it absolutely has its hooks in me. It's the game that I keep like, that's the game I want to go back to. And I lose hours. Like, I'm like, I need to go to the game. I need to go. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do one more day, one more day, one more day. Right. And then you're like four hours later, you're like, okay, what has just happened? I need to stop here um, because the gameplay loop and the rewards they give you and the tasks and what you're, what your your cult, your following needs that you're trying to support. It is so cool. Um, Episode, did you feed your followers to each other after they die? Um, uh, I have not had any of my followers die yet, Ebisel, by natural causes. There have been, I had a buff for one of my runs that was when I die, I can sacrifice one of my uh, followers and that gives me my hearts back. Now, interestingly enough, when you go to sacrifice them, they have various degrees of kind of like how they feel about you. They're on levels, right? So if you're a brand new cult person who's just joined, you're probably like a level one. And I've maybe just like seen you and I've maybe like blessed you and I've maybe given you a gift, not a lot, but then you've other ones who have been there for like the entire, you know, 15 days and they've, you've, you've done quests for them. So they have a much higher like level. So when, if I sacrifice that person, I get four hearts as opposed to if I sacrifice the person who's a level one who only gets one heart. So I have not fed them yet, um, if that makes sense. But I have, I have definitely used them. Um, 
I, I'm going to say this and Marty, I'm very, you, we're going to have a very interesting conversation here. I, the gameplay, the gameplay loop. I, I like, I like a lot of things about this game. The content, the imagery and the topics and how they view religion is the challenge that I have with the game. So there's this kind of like opposition of, I like the game. I like the loop. I enjoy the loop. It's the game I want to keep going back to, but when I see or read some things or understand it, I get a little uncomfortable. Mr. Estes, let's, let me, I ask you what your thoughts are in this game as well. Oh yeah. So um, like I'm off to a flame. I am drawn to a good roguelike. Um, and I'm going to actually correct the terminology there just a little bit. This is more of a roguelite mm. because there is progression yes, uh, that is permanent. Uh, and, it, and it does have to do with, you know, going through the different uh, parts of the, um, the outer area, you know, where you go into the, the outer lands or whatever and fight and gather resources and come back. You can actually beat those levels. Uh, and doing that earns you a follower. And going through those levels, though, like you said, is procedurally generated. They're different every time. Even the options that you have in going through the different parts of that stage are different. You can collect a a new follower. You can get a different weapon or you can. um, But uh, I digress. Uh, The gameplay is fantastic. It's super well put together. I love the art style. I love the music. I just have a really hard time playing it. Mm-hmm. And, and what it comes down to, I think you and I mentioned this. Um, like, I was a little uneasy already with like the cult imagery. Mm-hmm. I was a little more uneasy with the fact that the game is basically you die at the very beginning and the devil brings you back to life or some demon that's imprisoned mm-hmm. brings you back to life. And like, you get a hat that is demonic and, uh, there's upside down pentagrams everywhere and upside down crosses and they're they lean they're leaning really heavily into that sacrilege <laughs> you know uh kind of angle on this the but um where i really like had to kind of take a step back was um after getting back to the the village that you're building or the the area you're building for your cult you build a temple and it's there that you are told that you can perform sermons, which that's just a weird methodology. That's just a weird terminology. Uh, anyway, performing. Um, but when you do like, basically what you're doing is you're, you like you raise up off the floor and there's this demonic power and you're flipping through a book and you're getting this devotion from people that, you actually get more devotion, like Justin said, if you level them up and, and different things like that. Meanwhile, out in the courtyard, you've built this altar that you have animals bowing down to and worshiping so that you can collect the essence from there. Uh, and then it really got uncomfortable when it came down to um, like there's a part in the, I guess I'm still in the tutorial thing. I've not played five hours, uh, but it basically was, hey, um, you're going to have to sacrifice one of your cult members so that you can 
upgrade your weapons so that you can then take on Veshi, who is the the priest or the bishop of the woods, who's the boss. And uh, like Justin said, you get like, in my case, there were animals that I had who uh, are followers I had that had like different buffs or debuffs or uh, based on like if you sacrifice a person or if this happens or if that happens. And uh, yeah, I mean, like any other theme, right? This would be maybe not as as bad, but um, coming at it from the religious aspect side of it, I mean, what did we expect, right? I mean, it's called Cult of the Lamb. Uh, the imagery was there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there's a great discussion to be had, and I think we're actually going to have this, Tim, uh, because I'm doing the Q&A thing, about um, when what we does what we believe um, about certain things factor into whether or not we can play a certain game or not. And so for me, like, here's the struggle that I'm having with Cult of the Lamb is I really like the way the game plays, but I can, I'm out on the theme. I'm out. I'm like, I don't know well, I, I, if I can go back to it. And honestly, here's the thing. My kids play my Switch, and I definitely don't want them playing this. Mm-hmm. I said this in the, in the video that I did for our YouTube channel, that this is not a family-friendly game. It is like, I wish there was a way that you could restrict access to certain accounts on games. Uh, can you do that through you that? You can. App? Yeah, it's in the parenting app, and you just I basically say, I, I, I don't know if it's at the, at I the, I think it's at the ratings level. I don't think it's at the, like, can't uh, do Well, see, that's the, there's the thing is that I wish it was at the title level yeah, and not just at the rate. Um, and maybe that's a there is ability to um block everything and only allow certain titles because I'd used to do that for Sam. Oh, okay, but it was still hard because of his age was still younger, so like yeah. I would let him play Doom, but we had that's to do what it I'm around thinking of. there was a roundabout way I had to go about doing that where I but, had to, but, but yeah, Tim, that raises a good point is that uh, I had to laugh that. I was okay. Uh, I was okay, and I'm okay with my son playing a game where you're destroying demons. <laughs> yeah, I'm not okay with playing, and not okay with my son playing a game where you're befriending them. Well, and I, well, and I, when I wonder the other, I think the other part of it, and I think this is the interesting part of, I think sometimes like video games versus like movies, right? Where movies are a, are a passive, passive entertainment, right? where for the most part in video games are an active part of entertainment, right? Where you have to make decisions and specific actions, right? So I think, you know, to realize that you need to go perform a sermon, right? And for an individual who, who, who understands what a sermon is and what the intention of it and the perspective that it's used from, from the church, that feels very odd in particular and understanding that, that this, in this game, the outcome of that is very deliberately different, Right. So it's, it's the, it's the, it's kind of the flipped, it's kind of flipping those ideas on its head. And I think that's, that's the challenge. And I think, I think that's how, you know, and I, and I, you know, I'm not saying this is how we do it or whatever. That is the kind of separation of, of, of how we, of art versus artists. Right. Like, and I, and I, so I, I like, I, you know, I mean, you Marty as an actual minister, right. Like 
I was curious about how that landed with you. I'm not a minister, right? I, I attend church and, and, and have uh, my faith. And, um, but, but I also like, feel like it's a little bit uncomfortable. Right. Um, but I'm not, I'm not as, you know, as, as in the same regards as you are for it. So I, I was curious about, about it. You want to hear um, something funny real quick too? Yeah. Is, um, my wife's been playing it and she's been talking in the dad's after dark, uh, discord channel about some of the game there too with the guys there uh but we were talking chit-chatting about the same thing and she said she's fine playing it but she has a really hard time trying to explain it when my mom asks what she's playing (laughs) (laughs) so she feels really uncomfortable like trying to explain the theme of it to make it sound like it's just a game but sure. it's around, you know, those topics you brought up. So, yeah. and it makes things uncomfortable. So if you can't explain it to your mom, should you be playing it yeah. <laughs> or your mother-in-law, I guess, you know, but no. Um, so, uh, Mecca Dragon asks it was in the funny. chat here, sermon. So like a speech, uh, a sermon is very often um, part of a, how would you describe a sermon? Um, your so a preaching, sermon, you're preaching. Like, yeah. So telling, when, when yeah. I am like on Wednesday nights or Sunday, when I'm called, you know, when I, sp- I speak every Wednesday night, I'm sometimes called on Sundays to, to do that part of our service as well. And the act of preaching is uh, I would define it as uh, it's a, like a lecture or you know, upfront lecture that is designed to teach the congregation, which would be the, those that are listening, something uh, about scripture or something about uh, the faith. Uh, I mean, this, the word sermon is used in lots of different faiths. It doesn't just have to be the Christian faith. So yeah. usually it's a, it's a spoken word lecture that is delivered for the purpose of teaching those that are in attendance or those that are listening uh, a doctrinal truth or, or something like that. Yeah. So, Yeah. A couple other things I'm going to say. I'm going to say here about about the game, uh, just as a as an as a statement. If you do, so I will all say this: it is. I'm really really enjoying it. I'm going to keep playing it, and and um, it is a game that you can like you can name your your followers as they come in. I had a great. I, had a, I was listening to uh, an episode of Kind of Funny, and they did their review of it. And Greg Miller did a great said a great thing, which was. Stop, stop trying to befriend them. Stop trying to care for them and make their, what their lives wonderful because that's in the end, their objective are kind of like cows to the slaughter, which is their objective is to ultimately get you the buffs, the runs, the equipment, the life, everything that you need to ultimately destroy the end boss. They're, it's they're like, a tool. It's they're, like what you said tool. earlier. Companies are not your friends, so in this case, yes. you are the corporation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good way to look at it, right? Know, You're the rancher. Not. Yeah, <laughs> and that's ex- and that's exactly it, right? And so sometimes there's things like I, one of my guys walked up to me. He's like, "Hey, wouldn't it be funny if we made Marty eat a bowl of poop?" And you're like, and it literally gives you an option of like, if you agree, why? why if you agree, you sorry, Marty. If I, well, I was using you as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you do, <laughs> you get rewarded, and if you don't, you you basically choose yes or no. And if you don't, then that follower loses faith in you, um, and they may leave. I had another follower who was not believing what I was selling, and like they started like trying to like 
like basically stand in the center of the town and like yell about like how I was like a liar and a bad person. And, and I had to like try and like re-indoctrinate them. You had to, then you had to sacrifice them. Well, and I was like, that was exactly it. I was like, all right, what's his name? He's the first one to go. Um, So it, it, it is very interesting. I I have been enjoying it, but uh, that, that is what I've got folks. So I have been playing games again. Um, And yeah. And I have got Curse to Golf uh, on the docket as well. That just came in through today. I'm excited to jump into that. So uh, that has been the longest what have I been playing in a long time. In a long time. <laughs> in a long time. I'm proud of you. Nice. Well, Marty, you we talking... don't have a three-minute limit anymore. Marty, you were talking about Cult of the Lamb. So why don't you go ahead and continue what you've been playing? Uh, so just besides that, I've been, I've been continuing in Power Wash Simulator, which is... Uh, you know, the, the next step up from Cult of the Lamb, uh, <laughs> thematically. You have to be cleansed. <laughs> uh, it's, y'all, it's really good. I, I really wish this game would come to Switch. I think it would do wonderfully. Um, and it's encouraged me. I'm going to download Lawnmower Simulator after this uh, and play that. But it's just so, like I said last week, it's so zen. It's so, like... You know, like I'm not worried about an enemy. I'm not worried about anything other than I've got to clean this van or I've got to clean this house. And uh, it's just, it's so good. If you're a Game Pass subscriber, this is free for you. Free. Uh, In quotations. Uh, But you should go check that out. I've also been playing the brand new uh, Kirby's Dream Buffet. Uh, that came out this week, which is basically uh, Nintendo's Fall Guys, except it's not. And I know that there's been a lot of comparison to that uh, in the beginning, but I really don't know how to how to describe it other than to say it's Fall Guys. But it's also it's there's enough difference in it that there's not. Mm. Uh, so if you haven't followed this, it's the story is Kirby gets shrunk down and is now on a cake or in the world of sweets. And he's racing other Kirby's to eat the most strawberries. I don't know why they're strawberries, but they are. Uh, and so yeah, I've only played online. I have a, there's a battle mode you can play at home. You can also do local play with other switches, but in the online mode, you get dropped into a room with four other people. There's always going to be like four other Waddle D's that are kind of your, like, you know, they they rounded out to a group of eight. And your job is to race to the end. So, but it really doesn't matter. Well, I would say it doesn't matter. It does in some ways, because at the end, there's a giant pile of strawberries for first, second, and third. Uh, but it, it doesn't matter. There's multiple ways you can do this. You can take your time and actually collect some strawberries because along the way, there's these barriers that are made out of cookies that you can either that you have to bust through uh, by running into them multiple times, or there's some powers that will let you like dig under them and just keep going. I haven't, I haven't gotten that yet, but I've seen somebody get it. So scattered throughout the course are strawberries, hazards, enemies, and boxes, uh, which either give you a copy ability or they give you extra strawberries. So think giant multi-part stages, like kind of like Fall Guys, but also think that since you're Kirby, if you fall off the edge, you can float back on, depending on how fat your Kirby is. <laughs> All right. So the bigger the Kirby gets, the faster it rolls, which means it can be because and y'all, 
The controls on this are a little slippy in the beginning. All right, you got to get used to them. But the bigger the Kirby is, the faster he rolls. But also, if you roll off the edge, the 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 less likely you're able to recover. Hmm. And so each of the each of the times that you play online is usually broken up like this. There's a race, and then there's a very short battle stage where you're like competing for strawberries or like either uh, you have to bust the boxes and get them or they're falling out of the sky or da 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 whatever. Then there's another race. And then at the end, there's like a battle royale where the four Kirby's get put on this giant like wafer cookie with obstacles and strawberries are flying everywhere and boxes are popping up and you're using, and there's some abilities that are only available during that. Like the stone ability, like you jump up and uh, you use it and it creates a shock wave that goes out and everybody else either has to jump over it or get like knocked out immediately. And every time you fall off, you lose 20 strawberries. So you can go from like, and I did this today. I went from first to fourth, like because people target you, right? And there's not that much room to move around. So it's just this big chaotic bumper cars slash fall guys slash fighting. I think it's fun. Now, that being said, it's $15. Do I think it's worth $15? No. I don't. Unless they add some other modes or other uh, things. Now, there's unlockables. There's tons of unlockables. Music, uh, digital art, costumes. Like today, I was I was in a, a game, and I was racing against uh, one of the one-eyed Kirby enemies. You know what I'm talking about? The, the and uh, Meta Knight. Like somebody has already played this enough to unlock the Mennonite costume. So uh, I think I'm like nice. level six or seven. I think I maybe went up to eight or nine. Uh, so you get points pretty easily by playing online. You can also get them other ways. You can decorate the main screen with cookies. And I just don't think it's worth 15 bucks. I really don't. I don't. Um, sadly. So this has been uh, Mario 35, like, you know, free yes, with NSO. Yes, it could have been. It could have been a free, uh, and if you want to pay to like keep it or something, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think Seth, it's worth about. Seth I think from it's the worth All In podcast said that he was surprised that it wasn't free with the expansion pass. Yeah, I really thought it was going to be free with the expansion pass, and I really only think it should be like nine ninety nine on the eShop at most, uh, because sadly, I don't see a lot of longevity here. I don't see like a ton of people like playing this for a long time. Like it's cool right now, right? It's something new. Everybody's jumping on the new bandwagon, but I'm asking myself in a year, am I going to be playing Kirby's dream buffet online? Probably not in September when Splatoon comes out and I have limited <laughs> online time. Am I going to be playing Kirby's dream buffet? No, I'm not. So uh, either you really like the Fall Guys formula and you love Kirby and you buy this or you don't. I I really am on the fence with it. So, yeah. It's fun, but for how long? Good point. That's what I've been playing. Tim? Jesse. Oh, no, Jesse. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So we talked about Live Alive. Uh, so... The next game I played was Lost in Play, which kind of is this 
be kind of a cute little animated type of game where you're you start out playing as a sister of a brother and sister pair, but then later on you then shift to playing as the brother. So it kind of goes back and forth between reality and their imagination. So it's so things that originally don't appear aren't really what they appear. And then there are other things where you can kind of see the progression of like one of the things really early on is the the sister will create a monster costume out of a box a pack of crayons and some scissors. So she she makes a monster costume, puts it on, scares the brother, and then starts chasing the brother. And then when it goes into imagination, she is now this tall monster that you now control the boy to try to avoid it and get get around it. So it's just, it's ultimately like a puzzle game. Think Layton, but the puzzles are actually make sense with the story instead of it's just being completely random. Um, I, I got stuck for a while really early on with a fox and geese-like checkerboard puzzle where I have three white pieces on the left side. The opponent has one black piece on the right side. And the goal is to pin him without having the one piece make it to the left side. The the one piece can move anywhere, any direction it, like a normal checker can. No, no jumping allowed, but they can go forward and backward. And I'm only allowed to go forward. And it took me like a half an hour and I was <laughs> Almost ready to throw in the towel on that one, but I finally got through. I'm not good at fox and geese. I've never been. But uh, then, and this is only like 20 minutes into the game, less than half hour at most. So after that, I got into an area. I'm now in a sequence of pathfinding puzzles where I have to get to the exit where the, the sister as a monster is in between me and the exit. I have to follow a certain path. Like, I can follow the white lines. The creature can follow the white lines or the red lines. And sometimes there's a yellow line where I can go through and the creature can't. And, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm stuck on that one. And I think I'm on the third of five of these pathfinding puzzles. So I'm like, yeah, I, I like, I like this type of game with where the puzzles are integrated with the gameplay, but it's just the type of puzzles that they're giving me are not the puzzles I like. <laughs> so makes sense. Uh, you know, a lot of trial and error, brute force. It, it does get, it does, there is a hint system where it kind of loosely gives you try to do this. And then that'll set you up for the, for the, for the victory path. And even then sometimes it's confusing. Especially with that checkerboard one where there was a lot of randomness involved. <laughs> but so if you like puzzles, give that one a look. And yesterday I started playing Blossom Tales 2, The Minotaur Prince. It's kind of mm -hmm. a sequel to the original Blossom Tales. If you remember that one, it's a Zelda-like where you've, you're this girl character. And the whole game is structured like... Your grandpa is telling you a story, and then the gameplay is what the story is. So this is more of that, but now it involves your brother. And 
he early on he kind of acts like a jerk and kind of cheats his way into winning a contest but then he gets kidnapped by the big bad and so you have to now save the, the brother on a similar type of zelda-ish adventure and you know i'm really early on i haven't gotten past you know I don't think I've played for an hour yet. So the problem is I don't remember what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> so I'm. So I hate it when that happens. <laughs> yeah. Like if I had two hours at a time to play, I'd be able to get into a rhythm. And But, you know, only played 15 minutes yesterday and about 10 minutes today. And I'm in, a, I'm in. I could run around and I know I'm supposed to do something in this zone because it gives me a map with a square, but I don't remember what I'm supposed to do in that zone. So, okay. Then the last game that I've been playing is kind of goes back to what I was talking about with my Sunday quarter where I, I, I got the, the Japanese 3DS and I, you know, modded it so I can install my games onto the SD card and play it without the card. I, I, so, like, I have F Dragon Quests 4, 5, 6, and 9 on here, and I haven't played those yet, but one thing, the game I have been playing is Picross 3D. Uh, Shocker. Or, yeah. <laughs> and I think I, I've 100 percent of this game twice already, and it's I'll start to play it a third. I don't know if I'll 100 percent it for the third time but it it's a fun game if uh it, it is a different twist on picross you know thinking in three dimensions instead of just two and then along with my sender order i picked up two or uh music music discs uh one is uh symphonic suite dragon quest one and two and the other one's the dragon quest three and I might play a little bit of the main theme, but I won't play much because it'll probably get copyright hit on, on YouTube. So, yeah, it's full orchestra, and this, I haven't had a chance to listen to them yet, but this is going to be a fun listen. You should uh, save that bit right there for when we have guests. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you play I, that bit. There, There is a separate Dragon Quest music theme that plays when someone new joins your party. That would there be probably that a, would be a good one. There like, you go. The, the Slime Time podcast does does that all the time when they introduce okay. their guests. <laughs> well, we, want, we don't want to copy them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that that's what I've been playing. I do want, I do, I still want to play Dragon Quest Nine again. I have wanted to replay that one for years, and I just haven't had gotten around to it. But that's so that's on my backlog that I want to play. Nice. But now Got I anything can play on deck? A, um, yeah, the RPG time. Ah, the Legend of Right. I'm, Speaking I, of which, sounds like a fantastic transition. <laughs> I, Speaking I of which, pick that up and I haven't played it yet. All right, yeah, and yeah. Speaking of that, that is what I've been playing. Uh, which, uh, if you don't know, we've got a video up on our YouTube channel of me playing that, and actually had to do a voiceover on it because I did a whole video 
with no sound apparently. So <laughs> except for the game sound, thankfully the game oh. sound was there. So, but uh, I just did a voiceover on it, but anyways, RPG time, the legend of right, uh, came out today, um, the 18th. Um, and we got an early review copy and I've been playing it for about a week and loving every minute of it. Uh, I've only gotten through the first four episodes. It starts out at zero and it goes zero, one, two, three. Um, and I'm getting ready to start the fifth episode, the witch's manor. And this has got to be the most endearing game I've played in memory. Uh, it's just something special about this game because of maybe because of my past with games like this, where meaning in, in my twenties, I played D and D with my friends. So there's that, you know, dungeon master type aspect of it and designing your game or playing the game that a dungeon master created for you, that aspect of it. In my middle school years, I had a, uh, wrestling paper game that my friends and I used to play. That was something that, you know, everybody would be their own favorite wrestler and in class when we were done doing a work and we had, you know, free time, I would break out the paper game and we'd have wrestling matches on paper, you know? So it was those type of things is this, what this game reminds me of because it's all notebook based where this kid is a dungeon master. He drew out the whole story in this notebook and there's also probably illegal, but I, and I'm surprised he didn't get busted doing this, but it's drawn all over the desk too. So a lot of your stuff is <laughs> all over the desk. Delinquent. Yes. <clears throat> Maybe it's his own desk. I don't know, but it's, it's really clever in how it uses classroom type or household items to create the environment, your HUD, if you will, like uh, your life counter is a tape measure. Uh, your status is, uh, broken out by using the, um, beads that the melting beads that you can do to create things with, uh, I forget what they're actually called the, those beads that you can melt and make. Perler beads. Yeah. Perler beads. Thank you. Uh, so you get to see your status and your equipment made, made by that stuff. Uh, in order to get to your food menu, you ring a, di- a dinner bell. So, and then there's little post-it notes that give you experience points that come up into this little section on the desk. Also to your right on the desk, there's a MP3 player where the kid, the DM is playing the music in the background while you're playing the game, you know? So again, all these little clever things that you get to watch and see, I don't want to spoil everything. That's just kind of like, I tried to limit what I was showing in the game too, because everything you are playing is something special, and something that is just like brings just just brings back either memories or just just clever and how they're putting it together that I don't want to ruin ruin it for anybody who does want to play. So I don't give away too much about the manual because there's a manual you can actually play through to learn how to play certain things within the game uh, or how to do certain things in the game but it's clever and how it gets you to get through the manual, you know, some manuals, you're just like, Oh, I'll just play it and learn it as I'm learning the game. This actually you play through the manual and you'll get something special at the end when you collect everything through the manual. So uh, there's still a whole bunch more that I have to unlock. I I think I'm about halfway through it. If that, and I think there's even a, a 
side quest, one side quest, and maybe even a, a post game. I'm not sure. It's hard to tell. Um, and there's not, not a lot of people are giving away a lot of things online. Cause again, this is one of those games that if you're playing it with somebody and you're going along the same lines and you want to talk about it with them, that's one thing, but a lot of people are not trying to ruin the game and there might be even some walkthroughs out there too, because it has been out on steam, I believe to play. So, uh, but I really highly recommend going to check out, uh, the, uh, trailer for the game and even our youtube video on it just to see what it looks like um and i'm not sure if there's a demo out if you have steam if you can go play the demo there uh but go check it out there there is no demo on nintendo switch yet but i i really highly recommend this one even if you're not an rpg game player because it actually isn't all rpg it isn't all turn-based there's different mechanics throughout that's thrown at you as well so um which is Actually, really another clever it's not released on steam yet it's it's oh, okay. release, it releases next month okay maybe there was like a preview or something a that timed exclusive on nintendo switch <laughs> so yeah there is uh there's different action sequences there's in fact the recent board i went through i had to go through a maze it was just basically guiding myself through a maze and having to interact with things that happen in the maze so really clever a lot of fun Highly recommended. That's what I've been playing on my Switch mostly. Anytime I go to my Switch, that's what I've been playing because I I'm really into the story and where it's going. I keep looking at the where I'm at on the the contents here. So I'm hoping to get through it in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I have been playing on my PlayStation uh, because Madden 23 came out early for anybody who bought the uh, the all Madden version, which I did because I hadn't played Madden. I I used to play Madden all the time, a long time ago. In fact, it's been 10 years since I bought a, t- a Madden game. Uh, so I, cause it, this is a special Madden 23 edition uh, for in memory of John Madden who passed away this year. Um, I was like all in on it. In fact, I bought two copies, one for my PlayStation and one for the Xbox. So I have, nice. I was like, I'm going to, I'm all in on this one. I would buy it for the Switch too, EA, if there was one for the Switch. <laughs> they think that people who have Switches don't like football. So, uh, but it is, I've only played one game of it. I went to the tutorial, played a game through it, and it was a fantastic way to get you acclimated to the game because you play not just any game. They throw you in a John Madden, all Madden game where you're John Madden is the coach on both sides, a John Madden from different eras coaching the the AFC team and the NFC team. And then you're playing his all Madden team, all his favorite players throughout the years on each of those sides. Like it's all Madden. Like everyone on the field is John Madden. The referee (laughs) is John Madden. The guy who drives it is John Madden. I'm sure there's going to be some sort of mod for that later. Commentators on. are John Madden. The coaches are John Madden. Yes. But it was a fantastic way to play. Uh, and during the game, and it was so hard to play and concentrate on the game because they were commentating on John Madden's history mm. through in the NFL, his career as a coach, his career as a, a commentator, his career in the video game, you know, creating that. So it was just a spectacular way to a tribute to him to, to listen to, as well as when I was playing the game, they had a halftime show dedicated to John Madden doing a quick blurb of that. And even at the end, 
uh, saying thanks, coach, for the game that EA gave to the uh, Madden at the end of that game. So a little choked up even talking about it. It was just so beautiful way of doing it. I was so glad I that made me even more proud to buy two copies of the game. So highly highly recommend it. If you hadn't played Madden in a while, make this the one you come back to, and if it make it the last one you come back to because it's got Madden on the cover. So I think it's a great game to get back to. And if you are on the PlayStation playing it, you know, look me up and maybe we can play a game together. And then the other PlayStation five game I've been playing is roller drone. Uh, so good. It it's um, I was just started it today. So I did the tutorial. Actually what I did was, is because uh, depending on what level you are in PlayStation plus you get an hour free preview of the game, uh, a full on version of the game. It's not a demo. It's just, you get to play the first out, you get an hour of it essentially. So I did that. I was like, you know, I, I was really interested in the game. I always loved like, you know, not only like Tony Hawk games, but Twisted Metal, you know, the battle side of things. So I kind of thought that was a mishmash of those two things. And it, to me, it still feels that way actually playing it. So I played the first hour of it and I was, it hooked me. I was like, okay, I'm buying this. So plus being PlayStation plus, we got a discount on it. So I was able to get it for 20 bucks. So I picked it up, played some more of it. And uh, they have, they have leaderboards on there so you can see globally, but also against your friends, whoever's playing it, you could see how they're scoring on it. In fact, uh, the person I saw playing on it when I did it was Mr. K-Step or Kyle at the uh, trophy room, our friends over at the trophy room. Um, he had a score that I was like, I was like, okay, I have to beat his score. Cause I didn't, I was close and I went back in and had to do that board again a few times and then finally beat his score. But uh, it's basically you're on rollerblades, you're in an arena for now and you get guns and you can do tricks with your rollerblades. You have, and you can dodge uh, other like several other um, home players, if you will, in the arena that you have to dodge who are shooting at you or trying to hit you with a bat or just trying to kill you essentially. So it's kind of like think running man. And, you know, that movie from the future era where, you know, they got games on TV or, or was that game smash TV back in the arcade where you were, the whole idea was, is you had to get through boards in this game that would kill you and people were watching it live. So that's the kind of same thing here. You're getting, they're looking for ratings, the media is there and all that kind of stuff. So you do tricks to get pictures and the media points and all that kind of stuff for doing that. But you also have to dodge bullets and bats getting killed. And you also get guns to shoot back at these arena um, home uh, team, I guess, if you will, to uh, kill them and get through the board. Uh, So, and then you get points for all of that. And then also too, the quicker you do it, because you get certain amount of home team you got to play against that you beat if you do that in a certain amount of time, you get bonus points for beating it in a quicker amount of time. So um, I did the first couple of arenas. I'm having a blast with it. Loving it again. If you're playing it, let's, you know, I don't know if there's multiplayer yet. I think it's something I have to unlock right now, but just been doing the campaign side and having a blast with it. So um, 
Hambone Johnny over in our PlayStation Discord channel is talking about, man, you're having a week over there at the PlayStation side. And I am. I'm having a lot of fun with my PlayStation this week, <laughs> probably for the next few weeks, playing Madden again that I hadn't played in years and Roller Drone, which is a lot of fun, something different. So those are the games I've been playing. So if nothing else, we'll move on to the community spotlight. Do it. <laughs> Speaking of games in the community, uh, we have the monthly mayhem going on still where they are doing Mario Kart because of the wave two courses. And I think they just got through a Mario circuit three in the second round. And the, that is closing out tonight. If it's not already closed by the time you listen to this, getting ready for the third uh, course. I'm not playing in this one. I don't think any of the Nintendo dads are in this one, but the other community members and other show people uh peeps there are playing uh the dads after dark crew are running it so uh we've got right now it looks like dylan andrews uh is in first place in fact i think dylan i think he's been around for a while but just recently joined our discord to probably play this and he's in first place so nice <laughs> props to him uh and then second place unless there's some last minute scores again this is just what i was able to pull before we did the show uh, Sean is in second, Solo Something's in third, Hoots is in fourth, Bob Cousy's in fifth, and Informant sixth, uh, Trey is in seventh, and Drew is in eighth. So, all right, that's oh, Drew John's, in last place. John's not even playing this, John. I don't think he's playing it, doesn't look like, or he didn't make the cut. I don't know. <laughs> well, there is no cut yet. <laughs> that's true. That's true. This is this is still open prelims, time trials. Yes, so that's what they've been doing over there, monthly mayhem. Uh, Always, they're always doing an awesome job over there doing their monthly mayhem. So come on and join in on the Discord. You can always join in. I don't know if it's too late to join in here, but it, we always, we're always doing something. So you can join into something. Uh, in fact, I think there's still the dad, dad's bounty board still going for the uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker saga for the Kyber bricks. Nobody's claimed that yet. Marty, your wife was still working on that, right? We're we're somewhere around the neighborhood of 600. <laughs> so they're halfway there. <laughs> There's like 1,166 Kyra crystals. Who's got it? You can get 10 eShop bucks. And I've been toying around. Justin, I don't know if, if you want to if we want to do anything here, but I was like, that's a that's a pretty big thing going on there that maybe we should help support them to make that a bigger bounty. All right. You know what? <laughs> I'm back, right? I'm back. Business Justin's back. Let's uh, let's throw some dollars at this. All right, shall we? All right, shall we right. throw some dollars at it? How about a hundred dollars? Hundred dollars. Hundred dollars. Bang. That was even better than Drew, that. I was John, thinking about. Make it happen. It's a hundred bucks. Hundred eShop bucks. Hundred eShop dollars. Let's start seeing some people. I want to see some Kyber bricks. All right. Let's see it happen. Do it now. You there need you some go. incentive. Boom. Ten there times you your initial incentive. <laughs> boom all right well let me uh make a note of that real quick yeah you'll want to communicate that out <laughs> i just kind of roll in i make i make proclamations and walk away and expect somebody else to communicate yep that's that's what that's that's what happens when there it is it's 100 bucks it's in, in the dock it's official there you just go. highlighted it Yep, I got to make sure go. I let uh, John and Drew know about that one too. So, all right. And then the Game Pass News Achievement Hunters, they're still working on their next Achievement Hunters game. 
uh, on the Game Pass news size for those Xboxers out there. So stay tuned to them and they'll keep you up to date. If there isn't already one out there that I missed, uh, they'll let me know. So nice. Uh, and then we've got our community questions that we'll ro- roll right into. We got a lot in Discord and a lot on Twitter, especially uh, since Justin's back. So, Justin, you're ac- actually, there's one that you need to uh, update us on since you missed a few weeks back. And sure. that is pitch your Nintendo Cinematic Universe. A Nintendo Cinematic Universe. And if you need um, time for that, I can come back to you if you like. No, I mean, I, I think a Nintendo's, what would I pitch a cinematic universe? Um, I think it, it involves, I, I think it is like primary villains versus like, it's like, it's like an Avengers bad guys and good guys team up. Um, but what has actually happened is Mario has gone mad. Mario has been possessed by, let's say, let's say Mr. Hand. Right. And now he is he is crazy and he is destroying. He's like going through Hyrule and just like destroying stuff. And so, you know, like like Link has to go talk to Ganon and get him on side. And so there's this tension between all the enemies. Right. Like King K. Rule. A King K. Rule (laughs) and like Donkey Kong and like. Is King K. Rule going to turn? Who knows? And there's a lot of infighting and there's a lot of kind of like political unrest and like the shy guys are in Bowser's ear like, oh, when Luigi turns around, just kill him. Right. <laughs> like, so there's this whole kind of, you know, uh, ultimate world assemble of, of good versus bad. And then like after Mario is maybe healed or but but like so now he's out of it. Right. Like he's been knocked out. His powers, his evil powers are gone. He is not available to help. But now both sides turn on each other. Right. And it becomes like an ultimate smash brawl of Nintendo characters. Maybe maybe Luigi's death is what turns him. Yeah. Right. Like that could that could exactly be it. like dark and gritty. And what if and what if behind the scenes orchestrating the whole thing, master Ooh. hand and crazy hand? That's exactly it, right? Right? Um, yeah, I think I think I think the other crossover event I'd like to see is like you get glimpses of an economic recession from all of the worlds, and like you know now like the Goombas are on the streets, and like. You know, Luigi's doing things for money that he shouldn't be doing for money, right? Um, and then really what it is, it's Tom Nook in like an evil corporation building, just dist- like bu- buying and selling large <laughs> stocks to be able to control the economic markets because he has such a hate for people. It's kind of like the Wolf of Wall Street. but So he's Tom playing Nook. Fortune Street. That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully a, that helped. There's a deep That was awesome. Y'all. That was awesome. We got so many ideas throughout these past few episodes. I think that, you know, if anybody was super creative at doing like flash videos, <laughs> like back in the yeah. day, <laughs> Dreamer says, isn't the easy answer a live action captain in? I saw that too. Yeah. He's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. Kevin All Bacon, right. a young Kevin Bacon is captain in the game yeah. master. Yeah. All right. What's next Tim? All right. So, hey, it's Chad. As school is starting back, best back to school hijinks or moment or memory in general. All three of my kids will finally be in high school this year. My wife and I both were able to chaperone on field trips to D.C. with our kids when they were in fifth grade. My wife went with our oldest and I went with the other two a few years later. 
While it was stressful at times, it created amazing memories. I never had the opportunity as a child to go on any big field trips. So I'm glad my children were able to experience something so exciting. So best high school memory in general, uh, best for high back school, to school, high school, oh my or gosh. moment or, or memory, memory in general, memory in general. Right, I'll start. Um, um, yeah, go ahead, Jesse. So, yeah, when our youngest was with the band and they do a trip to Colorado every other year. So I think it was her sophomore year was the year that they were going and of course, we're all—all all the students, all the parents are in the auditorium with the band teachers. With uh, this is what we're going to do day by day. Here's the itinerary. Here's how it's going to work. And there was big emphasis on you are not buying what you want to buy in Colorado. <laughs> if you are caught with it, you will be sent home on your own dime and. You will have all some parents that aren't happy with you. Fair enough. This was back when Colorado was really the only state where that sort of thing was legal. Now it's more widespread legal, but still highly not. That's still a no-no when it comes to school stuff. Right, right. Welcome to Canada. Second country <laughs> to fully legalize it, eh? Uh, for me, uh as a kid, the best time, two, two things. One of the best times was book fair time. Justin, did, did you guys have book fair? Yeah, like Scholastic book, book yes. fairs. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, you yeah. would get that catalog, that paper, yeah, paper catalog. Yeah. And you would go through it. And I remember I would sit at the kitchen table and I would circle mm-hmm. everything I wanted, which, uh, you know, was like half the book. Yeah. Like hey. oh, I gotta have this, and I gotta have this, and I have, and I would show it to my parents, and they'd be like, "Okay, here is your budget for the book fair." Yeah, your right. budget for the book fair is here's your wants for the book fair. Here's your budget. Yeah, all right, it's way yeah. down here. <laughs> uh, but I would always get to to get something from the from the book fair, which was and that continued on. Our kids, of course, homeschooled, but my mom. Uh, was working in the school system at the time when the book fair was still around and she was able, actually able to get them a couple of things That's from that. So it was, it was really cool. Uh, the other thing that was book related, and I don't know if you guys had this in Canada either, but Tim and, and Jesse will definitely remember the book it program from pizza hut. Did you guys have this? Yes. Yeah, so in the Book It program, which sounds you would familiar, use, but I don't remember. There what was, it was this big pin that you would get, like a yes. button, and it would say Book It on it, and it would have five gray stars on it. And whenever you read a book, like a, a good book, not like you could like a picture book or whatever, but whenever you read a good book, you could get a sticker from your teacher, put on the pin, and then you would take the completed pin to your local Pizza Hut, mm-hmm. and they would give you your own. Personal pan pizza yep. for free. Yeah. And it was the best day when the book it was full and you could go now, you know, in school, kids just get AR points. That's what yeah. they call them here in Tennessee. Okay. Uh, advanced reading or whatever points. And at the end of the school year, they're like, so-and-so had 700 AR points. I was like, nerd. You know, anyway, <laughs> no, it was like, so-and-so had 700 AR points. And for their whole high school career, they've got, 
15,000 AR points. And they did they get pizza? No. You don't want to make more kids read? Pizza. Pizza. Personal. Pizza. Pan. Pizza. pizza. That's, that's with really the, the problem with our kids nowadays. Lack of pizza. That's yeah, really that's right. They, yeah, my kids don't eat enough pizza. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the, the that's the those entire, are my favorite memories failing. from elementary school. That in the giant wood you know, chip pile that uh, we pushed each other off the top of in third grade went because we our school was new, was brand new, and the playground equipment hadn't come in yet when the school started. So we had an open field and a wood chip pile. <laughs> nice. And uh, that's yeah. all you need half the time. Look, if you've ever if you've never experienced the game King of the Mountain, yep. uh, that's what's wrong with kids today. They've not played enough King of the Mountain. Yeah. Uh, mine would, you know, I was I was thinking as you were saying that, did you guys ever have the opportunity to like bring in lunches? Like yes. you like order lunches. So in Canada, they did like hot dogs and occasionally pizza. But in high school, we would do Texas donuts. Um and so Texas donuts are like, like the size of your head donuts and they were for like a dollar. And so all you had to do was go down and be like, here's $3. And they of would course. give three of, of these course, stacked the Texas, Texas donuts. The name Texas donuts, of course, it's gigantic. And I mean, there was like chocolate regular and like a caramel kind of like sauce. And it was just like, I mean, you're like, there's my lunch. And it was just a three, like <laughs> just sugared up, like on just <laughs> diabetes was going to get you, and nobody cared. Nobody cared. Yeah, that was just the, do that, that was just the life you lived. Oh, you no, can no, buy you in can. my high school. We could get a piece of pizza where the cheese was like as thick as the rest of the pizza. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, like they'd pull it up to put it on the plate, and the cheese is just yeah string, and then a cookie the size of your face, and they'd be like. Yeah, that'll be two dollars and fifty cents. Yeah. Can't do that today. No. <laughs> I remember when I was in elementary school, the pizza that they would serve was done on these on like large baking sheets, like big cookie, like a cookie yes. sheet, and the whole it would, so they would take up the whole rectangle. So like the whole pizza would be like the four corners, like six edges, you know, four on the top and bottom and one on each of the side and then like two middle pieces and that was each and that was the whole pizza so you, you were more often going to get you know a corner or, or at least an, a, an edge like those middle pieces with no crust no one wanted them but yeah, someone had no ain't nobody want no crust right but those but still it was still a rare one rare to get those just because there was like so much crust everywhere okay how <laughs> many of you actually when you did a hot lunch stuck around. We're able to stick around to the end to see if there were any leftovers you could have. I think, well, did you, yeah. did you ever have that opportunity where there's like, if yeah. you had nuggets that day, if there were any leftover our, nuggets, you'd be like, can I have some more nuggets? Our, our lunches, <laughs> our, our elementary schools had the younger kids go first. And then it was the older kids last. Yeah. So like the fifth and sixth graders were the ones that were able to, say who wants a second batch otherwise this is just getting tossed right yeah we never we never had um like hot lunches in regards to like a cafeteria that you'd go to or that you'd that you'd like pre-sell for and just pick up there um until i was in high school in high school it was it was a cafeteria so and it was just a you know they'll make poutine to order or here's a sandwich that's already yeah. pre-made that kind of stuff so it was never like a Hey, is there leftovers? You're like, you want more? You pay for hey, more. That's uh, I'm going to ask this uh, uh, yes or no. 
dispel a myth for me here. When you would go to lunch uh, there at the school, your milk was actually in a little bag. No. Like a Capri Sun pack. No, not in, not in, uh, no, those would be small containers, small little. She had like a little cardboard container of milk. Little yeah. cartons. So yeah, the, little cartons. Where does, where, where does the, what size of milk does the milk was in the, the bag, bag come in? Uh, it was like a liter. It was, it was a liter. I like you'd, yeah, it'd be like a liter bag is where, is where you'd get them. I used to remember them being dropped off of the door and you would, in your fridge, you would have a plastic container that was completely hollow on the inside and you just and had take a hook, your bag. Right. Uh, no, you just grab your bag and pop it in. So you've got this plastic, yeah, or you have a handle the hook. Yeah, I guess you'd say, right? And then you just clip the top of your bag. That's yeah, it. My, my do- last year when my daughter came to visit, she brought some bagged milk from Wisconsin. And uh, that, it was, that was actually pretty good. Hmm. Never experienced the bagged milk. Yeah, I remember I've heard being, about that I remember too. being younger, but like, I, I don't remember much after. Like, I don't remember. I don't remember when we stopped it, but okay. yeah. Good question, though. Good stuff. Yeah, the, my memory is, is basically actually before school starts, especially recently, I was kind of reminded of that from the kids. They, they were like, they were worried that we were not going to do back to school shopping because of the you know pandemic type stuff. We hadn't been doing that lately uh, as much, uh, but they were like, you know, we hadn't done it in a couple of years. Can we do back to school shopping? We missed that. And it's like, okay. So the kids really like going out and doing that. And that's something we've done for years, you know, in, in August and a weekend in August, we go out and back to school shopping. (laughs) That's that's why we tried to make it fun and do both as a student and as a parent. Yeah, I get it. Definitely. I didn't like it as a kid either as much, but uh, I tried to make it fun. We, both my wife and I tried to make it fun so that we wanted to have fun. (laughs) So, One more story I thought of I wanted to share is my in high school, we had a before school kind of like a league of um, dodgeball. Sorry, that was my stomach. I was like, you heard that too, right, Marty? That was my dog. Is is Grogu over there? Like, is he waking up in his pod? But, you know, it's a gremlin. I I was in a team primarily of freshmen and sophomores, just from friends from band and, and orchestra. But because I was a senior, they put us in a league against other seniors. And most every other team with seniors was only seniors or maybe one or two juniors. So we just got pounded every week. And it was, was not fun. Never is. Never is. Gotcha. All right. Mikey Burgett. Asks, I'm wondering with Gamescom next week and the schedule already out, are there any games that you're excited to see them go more in depth on? Also, since the expectations are that there aren't going to be any big surprises of any new games, do you prefer to know ahead of time whether or not there could be any surprises? Um, with Gamescom schedule, there's nothing that's really exciting me right now, but I don't think they're doing any big in-depth dives in regards to Nintendo games, although a Midnight Sun, I think, is supposed to get a little bit of a look-see. So, I mean, that could be interesting, but I think Midnight Sun's supposed to be delayed for Switch anyways. So, so the, it's interesting you mentioned Midnight Sun because I, I read today Disney and uh, Marvel are doing their own game showcase at yes. Gamescom. I was, which is a first time uh, for them to do something like that. Is it? I don't think it's at Gamescom. They're doing September 9th. I know, but Gamescom is next week. 
Oh, okay. September well, 9th, yes. I'm more excited. I am more excited. I am, yeah, D23. D23. I'm yeah, more excited right. for that. Yes. Disney and Marvel doing their own. That is what I'm excited for. Um, so th- that has my attention. Gamescom, not as much. I, I, I like it. I do like it when they temper our expectations by being like, hey, there's not going to be any big reveals. These are in-depth looks at games. Just sets expectations a little more accordingly. And I don't mind a surprise. And it, you know, oh, every yeah. now and then. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have no expectations. I there's I there's nothing in particular that I want to see that I haven't already seen. But if there is a big surprise, I would love to see it and be surprised. If there was a big surprise and I knew about it in advance, is it a surprise anymore? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sucky part, especially if you're following a lot of the news or whatever. So yeah. and. Yeah, because again, this is in Europe, so I think, I think the, I, I put it in the calendar. But I think it's something like two o'clock my time. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to watch that live, or at least I won't be able to react to it because you know I, that's my normal work work yeah. time. We'll see. I might have it on in the up. back. <laughs> I might have it on in the background, but if I have any calls on it, then it's paused and it'll have to wait. Yeah. We'll see Twitter blow up about something and then oh, find sure. out about yeah. it there. So great question there. Spider Shan asked, as we inch even closer or ever closer to September, I'd like to ask the dads their thoughts. Will there be a September direct? Yes. yes. I, yeah, I've been saying even going back into early July that, if we don't get one in July, we'll, we should get one in September. And I'm still, I'm still agreeing with myself on that one. Even in, even in the like the midst of 2020, I think there was a September direct. So I, th- I think we're going to see something. I think they've got to outline kind of firm up the end of the year, right? Like recommit to Pokemon, recommit to a few of these games coming out and, and, I- uh, I expect it to be within the first nine days because they'll want to remind everyone that yeah. Splatoon 3 is coming out. Yeah, and I'm also going to I'm going to double down on that. You're also going to get a surprise drop, and ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be Tunic. Oh, that would be nice. At that, at that reveal. I love it. I hope so. It belongs on Switch. And that's going to be an out today. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. We've been saying that for a while now. Yep. <laughs> So that'd be nice to see. All right. I think that's uh, everybody in agreement on that one. The informant says, you know how Mario Kart Tour will shake up existing tracks by adding ramps and or even changing the path within the same world. Do you think there is a possibility that the next mainline Mario Kart game nine will allow us to make similar custom changes? I could see it working similar to Mario Kart Home Circuit where you set up the track and then have the paint put on your wheels to make the track layout within an existing level. I really wish you could cut through the grass in New York Minute and some of the other levels and take shortcuts. I know there are some, but some, most areas you can't even drive up on the sidewalk or anything. Would be cool if it was more open. So is he, is he suggesting the ability to edit the pre-canned stages? Or uh, yeah, do you think there's a possibility the next mainline Mario Kart will allow us to make similar custom changes to the tracks that are already there? Yes. Or something similar like what we see, if you guys aren't familiar with Home Circuit, the, the remote control Mario Kart, 
where you draw your own cart because you have to essentially draw out where your cart's going to go through those, uh, you know, um, banners. Right. Uh, so something similar along those levels. What do you guys think? Custom courses or semi-custom, I guess, if you will. I think it'd be cool. I don't think they're going to, though. I think yeah, they're they're very dedicated on giving you exactly what they want to give you. Because they want they they're they're going they're pushing to online play as as, a, as opposed to couch co op play, and custom tracks wouldn't go well online. I think uh, what we'll see more than custom tracks is that we'll see this mechanic that they've added from tour where the tracks change between uh, laps happen more often. Uh, okay. We've got a lot of tracks that have been introduced with the new, with these with new the updates ways. where yeah. there's different ways to go multiple paths through that. I think that's where they take this formula that they have right now, which is excellent and elevate it to the next level. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, like, to think of the possibilities like a different different parts of Bowser's castle that you're in on different laps. You know, I would also like to see them lean into a little bit more of the like the Mount Wario type stage too, where you have three parts but not three laps. It's like one continual yeah, track. I like those ones the best. Yeah. I do miss the ability to create tracks like you were in, you know, the excite bike games and all that kind of stuff where you could create tracks there. I think that would be cool if they did something like that, maybe as an add on later on, maybe DLC It'd be kind of cool, I think. But I think Jesse, you're right. If they're going to be, it'd probably be stuff you wouldn't be able to do online unless it was something, I don't know, maybe it is. I just, I guess it depends on how they implement it, but good questions. All right. Acid TK zero three. Uh, I have started to replay Breath of the Wild. I'm hooked on it again. But my question is, what is everyone's favorite dungeon in the Divine Beast? Mine is the elephant in the Zora domain. Uh, I'll give you mine. It is the uh, where Goro is. The Death Mountain. Which, I don't know what Death, Death Mountain one. Okay. Yeah, Death Mountain. That one was the... Uh, you didn't have to go inside that one from Mercury, right? You just had to blow it up off the, the mountain. Or did you have to go inside that one? I can't remember. Yeah, it's all blending together and I just played it. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, Marty, you got a favorite? Jesse, you got a favorite? Yeah, so beast? I think that for me, I don't have a favorite. I have a least favorite. Okay. And the least favorite is uh the the one with the uh where you get the bird guy revolving. Okay. Mm. I did not like that one. Uh um, okay. I think that's the one where you had to like tilt it back and forth to make things slide. Yeah. Yeah. That was stupid. I, I don't <laughs> I don't like that. All right. Uh the and and a very close second to that for me is the um is herbosis. I nice. didn't I just didn't like the desert. Okay. Neither okay. did he. It's my stomach again. Is that Snots from <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? <laughs> Begin into the turkey? Oh, <laughs> no. All right. No. So let's, I, uh, let's 
go ahead after after that, uh, Jesse. We're gonna maybe a speed run the last couple questions here. Okay. My I remember not liking any of the divine beasts. Uh they that was like the low part of the game. If I were to pick one, I think the the elephant and how it had the best mechanic in, you know, the trunk angle changed where yeah. the water got sprayed and did different things inside and outside. But ultimately I I, I didn't like the divine beasts. I, I wanted <laughs> traditional dungeons. Very good. Yeah, I like. There's always I like, Breath of the Wild too. I'm I like, hoping. I like the camel one. It's because you could spin the different rooms. If I remember correctly, that, that one I know I didn't like. That was the, the head one and the tail yeah, go you, up. No, yeah, kind you of spun stuff. you spun the insides. Yes, yeah. uh, that one I thought was interesting. So, all right, let's get through these uh, last four, and I'll have to edit one of them. I'm sure. Yes, I will. So, the one from Adam. Uh, from Mega Dad. Speaking of which, Jesse, they have something special going on re- soon, don't they? The Mega oh, Dad. We, we need to record yeah. that tonight. Yeah, their next episode of is their episode 100 of Mega Dad's Live. All right, but we'll, record awesome. an episode, we'll record a thing after this. Artisanal sandwiches for everyone. Yep. Yep. Congratulations to them for getting to episode 100. It's about damn time. Cute, eh? That's cute. <laughs> Remind me, we're on 388. Okay, good for you guys. Wait, so they had a question. I am going to read it after in um, post show because it is not appropriate for the main show. Okay. So, David uh, Balika says, What looks tastier, more realistic than cake? Uh, realistic than the cake in Kirby's Dream Buffet or the fruit in Pikmin 3? I'm going to say Pikmin. Are you a fan of golf games? Will you pick up Cursed to Golf for Switch? And Justin, uh, you did. I yeah, Cursed to Golf. I picked up, and sometimes I enjoy golf games. I'm excited to give this one a shot, and you will have a video up on the YouTube channel as well. All right, Seth Sturgill, who's maybe still hanging out with us here he in the a chat. Ago. Indie World Showcase next week or not? Nah? Nope. All right. anybody Anybody else think yay or nay? Indie Showcase. I don't think we're going to get an indie showcase before we get another direct. Yeah, I think indie showcase I will happen towards the end of the year. Remember previous years, they did have some sort of. It's right around packs. Around, right around GameCom time, but I don't. Know. But yeah, I, I I think the last present one of the last presentations was already in indie world, and people wanted yeah. the big one, and I think we're going to get a big one next. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll get Tunic it. might be might be in that one as well as opposed to the direct, but you'll hear Tunic in one of these presentations soon. And the final question by Jensen Wright. I'm sorry, Nick. I can't get a Nick. 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 <laughs> I feel like you <laughs> felt about everything the switch lately, Justin. It's mm. all just been annoying me and meh. What can Nintendo do to fix their images of late? Because personally, it's not been looking good in my opinion. I don't, I don't know if they have to fix their image. I think there's a couple of things that I'd like to see them do better. I'd like to see them communicate a little bit more effectively um, for their strategy. And that goes back to the directs. I think they need to get us excited about what's done the pipeline. I also think this is a season where not everything has to hit for everybody. And I think that's maybe what I felt at times throughout the year, but now I'm finding things that I'm coming back to and, and, and I'm enjoying. Um, but the, I do want to start understanding what's down the pipeline, right. And, and seeing what can we can get excited about and what can, build some enthusiasm. So I think that's what Nintendo needs to do. And I think they need to, they need to start just chatting a little bit more. 
Real quick, Justin, do you think this, uh, and this is something that's been bothering me too, and we lightly talked about it before while you were gone, but do you think there's a correlation between how you feel and how Nintendo has gone away from their personalities being upfront with their customers and being more back to closed? I, you know, I, I don't know if I ever like looked like I had a relationship with Reggie or that Reggie or any of those people ever really spoke to me in regards to their gamer first approach and that they were advocating. I, despite, you know, I think Reggie does a great job, did a great job presenting. Um, he was still very, it felt a little bit standoffish, still very corporate, still very kind of CEO. Here's my talking points I had to go through. Someone like Phil Spencer, who genuinely feels like they're kind of in it and is kind of the everyday gamer right. I think does a really good job for Xbox in regards to that. Um, I think it's, I think it's just a bit of a, I don't, I don't need, I don't need a, a public face. And to be honest, having, not having a public face can also be a benefit to them in regards to can be anybody as opposed to has to be reliant on somebody. Um, but I do, I just think in general, there just needs to be a little bit more understanding and transparency about maybe what's coming and, and, and helping to, build out that excitement in general so again i don't think it, i don't think it needs a talking point but i do hear what you're saying in regards to like i think I, I what i what i want is i want nintendo to treat its fans the way that xbox treats its fans that's what i want um because i feel like i feel like to, to put it mildly xbox chases their fans Right. And I feel like Nintendo is the I'm the I'm too cool. I'm the pretty girl. You're coming to me. I don't do the work. What I'm afraid is, is that Nintendo was in a place where they felt like they needed to chase their fans coming out of the Wii U era. Yep. And I feel like now it's it's like it's the um, it's the girl who becomes popular and wins prom queen. And it kind of goes to her head. Yes. Like what you were saying, like it. And it's it really doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but in her mind, it does. Uh, or, or a guy who does the same thing, like he becomes the captain of the football team. And, and really, I mean, in the long run, who like, you know, at 30 years old, 45 years old, are you still saying, I was the captain of the football team, you know, yeah. in high school? Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I just think I, I, I worry that they've lost a, 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 the touch of personal that yeah. they used to have, you know, even when they were doing the, like doing the direct pr presentations and there were like Koizumi or whoever was on screen and yes, it was translated or it was dubbed over, you know, but there was a personal touch there. Doug Bowser has not been hands-on. He has not been personal. Uh, the, uh, and then his counterpart in Japan is not personal and is not hands-on uh, like in, in front of the screen. So we went from like Iwata Reggie dream team to hey, we're a business. Yeah, here's some games. Yeah, they've, they've and that was on purpose, I believe. Definitely slid back into the business structure. Yeah. yeah, I think that was done on purpose. There was there was yeah. from what well, I, I understood think, a goal to do that. And I think I've said this before, but part of that with Iwata didn't have a business background. He was a developer. So which is so it's for so a developer to get into an exec like executive positions like that is extremely rare. So when so it, it makes sense that Nintendo would go back into its business pool of people for executive slots, but it's yeah. you can t because of that, it's an obvious tonal shift. Yeah, 
Well, great discussion, great guys. Yeah. yeah, great, great questions there. And before we end it out, let me just run through real quick for the rest of the Nintendo Dads Family Podcast. If you haven't been listening to them, make sure to listen to the Game Pass News, guys, Dads After Dark Show, and the Retro Logic shows, not just Retro Logic, on topic retro and retro groove. All have great content out great content out there in the podcasting feeds for you to listen to with their latest and greatest out there. So get, give them a listen, please. And that's it from our community. Justin, all yours to close, sir. Perfect. All right. Well, I will, yeah, I will close it off. Um, you know, first let's say it's uh Jim, it's great to be back. Thanks for thanks for uh having me today. It's been great. Um, and uh yeah, wonderful to wonderful to see everyone's lovely face. Let's close Welcome it off. Back, sir. Welcome yeah, back. Thank you very much. You guys have done a great job. Uh, let's close this thing off today. Uh, big thanks. Huge, huge thanks to our Patreon producers. Dave Ernsberg, Solo Something, uh, uh, Alexander Ocampo, RJ Kern, and uh, Chad Benoist. Um, as a friendly reminder, of course, uh, if you want to use that code NINDADS, N-I-N-D-A-D-S, it is used for 20% off on Manscaped and 15% off over at Gooder. So don't forget to use that. And hey, by the way, you can actually even use it at Glitch, uh, Glitch Energy Drink to get 10% off as well. If, uh, if you like all of our content that we do, why don't you head over to our website and that is www.nintendodads.org and you can check out our latest YouTube videos, tweets, and podcast episodes. There's links to our social media and our Patreon page as well. And hey, don't forget that you can stop by the Nintendo Dads shop to pick up some of our sweet, sweet Nintendo Dads merch. You can, of course, find us in all the social media places, Facebook, t- Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, uh, just by typing in Nintendo Dads. And hey, if you're on those places, give us a sub, give us a follow. Those are great things. And by the way, on our YouTube channel, make sure you ring that bell so that you know when new videos drop, you can see them right away. And we've got some amazing content as well. Hey, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email at nintendodads at gmail.com. Or if you like the way your voice sounds and you like using the, tel- the telephones and all these kind of things, give us a call at 929-25-NDADS or 929-256-3237. Big thanks, OC Remix. That is the music you hear throughout the show. And by the way, if you're listening to this show, you're probably on a podcast catcher. And if you're doing that, why don't you head over there? You find us in the review section. You put in their five-star review. I absolutely love Nintendo Dads. They're the best thing in the world. They're the best video game podcast. They're the best parenting podcast. And I love all of them. If you could do that, that'd be fantastic because more reviews on podcast catchers puts us higher in the ranking so more people follow us and join our absolutely tremendous, tremendous community. So ladies and gentlemen, that is it for myself, for Jesse, Tim and Marty. It's great being back, folks. We've missed you all. Have a great night. Be good to each other. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening into Nintendo Dads. I don't know what animal this is or what Pokemon this is.